Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. We are live. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Benzinga Live. Those of you coming over from live trading, good to see you. Uh, we still have Jerome Powell speaking. Hey, Spencer, I thought you said it was going to get loud in here. Oh, I'm sorry. Am, am I, I, I? I'm talking a little quieter um, than I normally do, I think, because I'm feeling self-conscious. Okay. Because our office is very full right now. There, there's actually people here. And uh, I don't want to disturb anybody while they're working. So, <laughs> so I'm feeling like I, if I talk the way I normally talk, I will disrupt the whole office. And I don't want to do Maybe that. Maybe we need a, uh, a cone of silence. Like we can be as loud as we want. And it, and it won't maybe. disturb. Maybe, maybe that's true. Anyone uh, else? So Jerome Powell is still speaking. When that when that ends, uh, those viewers will come over. The here. markets are doing well with Jerome Powell speaking. Yeah. So uh, I can update you real Stop fast. Stop me if you've heard that before. I I can. Oh wait a minute. Actually, I don't need you to tell me, because I've got um. Oh, yeah. All right. So uh, if you have not been watching, with which, frankly, why would you be watching the entire last hour and a half of Jerome Powell's testimony? All you need to know is that he said that they're going to raise rates quarter point in March and then tread carefully beyond that. Should we, should we talk about away. the rate hike real quick? Yeah. What about it? Well, I didn't know if you wanted to if we wanted to talk about what happened in Yesterday at the close. Oh, oh neither here nor there. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, I forgot how to read the table. That's that's what <laughs> I'm happened just messing yesterday. With right now. Anyway, um, <laughs> let, let's start the show. We got a big one today. We're gonna have Ben Cohn, the CEO of Playboy, on the show at noon. We're gonna have Logan Silver from OBR investing on at twelve thirty. Nick Shaheen, who runs the Benzinga Options Inner Circle, at one o'clock, and Jesse Kaler at one forty-five. So you know what to do. Smash that like. Let's roll that intro. This is Ben Zinga Live. Spencer Israel and producer AB. What's up, everybody? How are we doing? Someone told me buy high, sell higher. Let's get Matt Hammond on the show to talk to my POs. Jake Wojcik from Trend Spider. We have a. All right, all right, all right. We are streaming live now um, to a relatively small number of people, but that oh, the number will go up when our live trading show ends, whenever that happens. Um, let's start with Ford, though, AB. Um, we had some news on Ford today. This is always fun. It's always fun when a company denies a rumor, and then, and then the rumor becomes true. true. <laughs> it's always fun when that happens. Yeah. Um, so, so what Ford is doing, they're not spinning off its no, EV business. No. They're they're separating it from its existing business. And so here's the part that I, I, I understand, I guess, but I don't really see the purpose of. They're splitting its business up into three branches. Yeah. New ice combustion engines, which are just standard cars run by gasoline. Right. Its EV branch, which will be co uh, called... Uh, 
Ford Mach E. And then uh Ford Pro is the last one, right? Yeah, and then and then it's existing. So I don't understand why you would have two separate branches for ice combustion engines. Well, no, I think it's 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 think of it like B2C versus B2B. Yeah. Right. You okay. have you have like your consumer facing brand and right. your business. You yeah. have your you're selling your fleet to police departments, for example. Right. Uh, and that's what I figured. For some reason, I think it was like the first article I read about it this morning didn't explain that that well. That one was it's yeah. gonna be consumer vehicles and then yeah, like if they're trying to get a deal with the post office, say right. or exactly uh, you know, whoever that that, that they're Business side will be different. Their, their commercial yep. fleets will be different than their consumer. Yeah. So just to understand it, it's not a spinoff. It's just a corporate reorg, and it will change how Ford operates internally, and it'll change how they report stuff. It'll change how they report numbers to the public, and how their earnings reports are organized, and it'll allow them to break out, um, you know. Um, metrics for their EV unit in ways they haven't before and realize synergies. The bottom line is, you know, as the release said this morning, the EV side of their, or the EV slash electric side of their business is run very differently than the traditional side of their business. And so they're just kind of drawing that line and say, all right, you are two separate in, independently operating entities within our umbrella. Have at it. Um, so the idea here is they're able to realize some synergies and the like, and, um, I mean, the market likes that. So that's why you got a, a little pop this morning. However, if we look at that Ford daily chart, which I have up on the screen right now, I got to say, Aaron, this does not look great. Yeah. I mean, I think right now Ford is still in that downtrend, but I think this is bullish long-term right down the line. They will have this whole side of the EV business that they'll be able to say, Hey, this is how our EV business is performing. Here's how many EVs we sold directly compared to other companies like Tesla, who are, of course, all EVs. So I, I like it, again, for the long term. I don't necessarily, I'm not really buying the the 6% pop today. Um, but yeah, like, like you pointed out, still in a downtrend on the daily chart, still doesn't look great, um, but it's interesting. I, I think Ford is interesting. Would not mind adding here for a, for a long term position. There was a long time, so I, I I rode Ford up. I rode it from seven, I think from seven to like fifteen, I think or seven to fourteen, somewhere or thereabouts. I don't remember exactly. Um, and there was a long time after I sold my Ford where I was like, why did I sell? Why did I sell? Seller's remorse, right? Um, and I'm not really a pure technician. You guys know that. I I, I but you know this pattern. Come on, this is head and shoulders all day. Give me that dandruff, right? This is head and shoulders all day. This chart looks not good. Like up here, the longer we waited, like I, I kept waiting for Ford to break out, break out, break out, and it didn't, all right? And then we gapped down, uh, you know, a few weeks, uh, a month ago. Um, the chart looks looks ugly. Looks like, you know, it, it was in a rip-roaring uptrend for three months from November to February. Uh, it stalled out there, and... Um, that's but, all. I mean, you... Okay, we, we can talk about the chart, but you can also talk about kind of what's going on from a macro perspective and different trends. And right now, new and used vehicle prices have increased a lot. Yep. Uh, shortage, or there's been a shortage of, of, of supply in terms of chips to make these cars in a way that Ford is essentially guaranteed right now to sell every single truck and car that they are able to produce. Yep. 
all these supply chain issues of them having to shut down factories and whatnot has already been priced in. So I think as we see the the chip situation uh, improve and we see output increase for companies like Ford, um, the demand's still going to be there. It's true. It's true. So I think you're, you know, I mean, like you said, chart doesn't look great. I'm just saying I wouldn't want to be short Ford right now because of all this. The underlying demand is there. This is correct. Um, in terms of the stock, we, I mean, I lamented all the way up, right, from November, that from September to wherever, February, right? Ford does not move like that normally. Let's pull up a week. Let's go way long term on Ford, okay? Look at the move that Ford that Ford had the end of last year, right? And compare that to the historical reference, okay? Ford is a slow, stodgy stock. It doesn't really move a lot. I mean, going back here, let, let's just go back and look at the last 20 years. Uh, if you go back and look at 2020, or 2002 to the end of last year, Ford traded in a range, well, it, it, you know, financial crisis didn't help. So let's all right, let's cherry pick and let's say post crisis 2010 to 2021. This thing traded in a range of four to what's that? Four to like 18 for a decade. Okay, that's what Ford is. So the fact that Ford as a stock went from 13, it doubled, it doubled in three months, four months. That's insane. That's a huge move. We see stocks that make huge moves on the way up also make huge moves on the way down many times. So the underlying case is still there. I'm with you, but the, I, I see no reason why the, why we shouldn't expect more of the same, which is Ford trading in a range between, I don't know, call it 15 to 20 for the next few years because that's just what Ford does as a stock. Now we'll see if the if the electric demand and the EV demand is as robust as the pre-orders would indicate they are. In which case, maybe time to re to to reassess that. But um, Ford is just not a fun stock. Sorry. Yeah. It's not. No, I I agree, and I think there are a lot of stocks out there. I mean, I don't know. We I don't know if there are any studies done on this, but but Ford was up like I think more than a hundred percent throughout twenty twenty one. Um. Yeah, let's zoom in on the chart. So if you if you go in, yeah, it's been I'm mean, just a huge run, just a massive run for Ford. But again, it doubled in three months, and it's Ford. Like this isn't some growth tech stock. But here, what I was gonna say is, it's a hundred ten year old if, company. If you if you double in a year, yeah, gain a hundred percent in a year, yeah, and then the next year you draw down, yeah, fifty percent, yeah, you're still up. You're still up fifty percent in two years, which is great. Sure. I mean, so, sure. I, um, so, but tell that to the person that bought the high. Yeah, if, if you're in Ford at 25, <laughs> tell that to, tell that to all these people. Tell it to all these people that bought that bought if Ford. If you're up in there. Ford at five, I mean, what, what was what did we open at last year at 2021 January? Like uh, January 2021, we were at da, 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 seven, da. eight, nine. Uh, call it eight. Call it high eight dollar range. Call it almost nine dollars. So from nine, and then we closed the year at what twenty? From nine to twenty. In one year, it's amazing for Ford. So, again, not bearish the company at all. Um, I owned it last year for a time, but just think if you're riding for, if you're buying Ford, thinking that it's going to go back to twenty five, like in a few months, you are probably going to be waiting longer than that. Is my take on Ford. Um, 
I okay. So so today we've had some interesting movement. And Spencer, if you want to do me a favor and go into the advanced news feed and just see if there's any. Oh, the advanced news feed. I can do that. If, see if there's any. Uh, Wait, I have to pull up. big this headlines is... from the Powell because I, I mean I saw the markets were doing well. I don't know if there was like one specific thing that he said. So um, he said a lot. Obviously, you guys can see. I just did a a key. This is Benzinga Pro. I did a keyword search on the news feed for Powell. All the headlines we have today that mentioned Jerome Powell are here. Um, it's a lot. The biggest takeaway is that he acknowledged that they're going to raise rates in March, um, probably quarter point. That's what the market said. And was what was his typical non-committal self in anything beyond that. Um, so, And we, we've had some interesting kind of intraday movements so far today. Um, Salesforce reported yesterday, CRM yep. opened green up about 3%, actually went red on the day. Yep. Um, a, Another stock opened red and is now green, which I'm surprised by. What's that? It's actually not a stock. It's a fund. See if you, I'll give you a hint. That doesn't narrow down. That does the opposite. An ETF. That opened red. I would say, okay, I expected that. Going to give me a little more, a little more of a hint than no, that. No, it's green. All right, it's RSX. All right. I had a feeling that you were going to bring that up today. I didn't think that's what you were referring to, but all right, let's bring up that RSX chart now. Well, I just think it's interesting, like opening red, expect Shelly, are you here? What has happened in the past since the markets opened that would cause the Russia ETF Shelly, Shelly, where are you at? Shelly, I feel like, deserves to take a bow on this one. All right. Shelly did what I could never do, and she bought some, what'd she buy? She said she bought Leaps yesterday. I think she said she bought leaps on RSX, um, and Shelly. So Shelly, now, now what are you doing? Now what, Shelly? You, you, you bought RSX yesterday. I, I want to know what your plan is. Okay, seriously. Did you sell already? Oh, and then the other the other stock that because I don't know why it's up. It makes no freaking sense. The other stock that had a really interesting move today was Lockheed LMT. Or yeah. limited as a. Why does it call? I, I meant to ask. Why does it call it limited? It makes whatever. I guess uh, the ticker. It's Lock, what was Lockheed doing? Oh yeah, it's it's giving back. Oh no. So, so it so it so Lockheed Martin was down five percent at one sell. point today, <laughs> which to me like it, it was selling off as if there were de there was de escalation news like the war was over. Oh, so unless there wasn't, I mean, that seemed like a very easy buy the dip opportunity, right? Lockheed Martin down 5% in this environment. And it's since, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's traded higher 3% off its lows today already. Yeah. That's a pretty remarkable chart. Wait, can I go back to RSX for a second? Yeah, of course. So I, I would love to get the chat depending on this too. Um, so I went on that rant yesterday, right? That the RSX is a broken instrument. So, there is your argument to be made that um, a broken, like, oh, actually, I should say it's half broken. It's half broken. It, it, that half broken is better than fully broken. In other words, like, RSX is trading off of guesswork, basically. But that's better than nothing, right? Like, it's better to have, in this case, a, 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 a US-listed ETF that holds a basket of shares in London that is based on a frozen market, a closed market in, in, in Russia. It's better to have some price discovery than no price discovery. So in other words, if those London shares were halted or if RSX was halted or whatever, we would have at 
absolutely no idea what how to value these Russian companies right now, right? RSX at least the fact that RSX is trading, it at least gives us like a like a clue. It may not be right, but it, at least it's something. It's something to hang your hat on. That okay, um, broadly speaking, Russian um, securities, Russian equities, Russian stocks are up today. Uh, well, from the open, right? Um, it, and it was so. So is is that right or wrong? I, I I would love some opinions here. I would love your opinion. But like, is it right or wrong? You have this instrument that's based off of the guesswork, but at least it's providing some. So that's the argument for RSX, right? Uh, at least it's providing some sort of price transparency into what is happening, which is better than not knowing anything at all. I don't know. It's just it's something to think about, right? Some something, you know. Next time you're um, you know, lying in bed can't sleep. I want you. I want you to think about that. All right. Was so, the Russian stock market open today? No. No. Still no, closed. No. Still closed. Um. Yeah. John Lewis says. Price discovery is better. Yeah, so at least we have some price discovery here. But again, it may be very, very wrong. Whenever the market opens over there in Russia, we may we, – these – I mean, RSX could, you know, rip to, you know, 16 or go to 2. You know? We don't know. Um, I guess knowing is better. Even if, But even if, even if the knowing is wrong <laughs> is the thing. So whatever. I guess we'll find out whenever the market opens over there. And that and that'll be the true test. That that'll be the true test of how well this fund actually worked. Did it function as designed? Um, I don't know why it's up today. the The point is, no one knows why it's up. That's the whole point here. Um, the Russian stock market. Um, see, that stat in and of itself is is right and it's wrong. Uh, right. I mean, the market wasn't open yesterday, was it? Right. It wasn't open. You can't be down if you're not open. But how do we how do we know? That it's down, quote unquote, thirty percent. RSX is your proxy. That's your proxy. That's your answer. This is your proxy for the Russian stock market right now. Okay. Um. So, yeah, technicality, but um, weird stuff. Weird stuff there. Um. What else did we want to do? We had a few more things. Oh, let's let's do AMC, and then we're gonna uh, bring on Ben Cohn, the CEO of Playboy. Uh, they also had earnings overnight. We want to talk to him about that. But uh, AMC had earnings last night. Let's get the chart up on the screen. Did anyone else watch uh, watch the call or listen to the call? We streamed it last night on, on our YouTube channel. Um, I continue to be amazed, Aaron, at the the way in which Adam Aaron. Um, projects himself to the broader investor community. It, it, it is it is so the opposite of what GameStop did, right? GameStop, when, you know, they went viral, their stock squeezed to the moon, they battened down the hatches and they didn't say anything to anyone. And AMC went so the other way and they continue to um, claim victory. They're claim, He's claiming victory, right? He's doing a victory lap here. That's what the entire call last night was a giant victory lap, right? Um, I'm not really sure why, personally. Maybe because the company is still in business and that in itself is a win. But I mean, I think the chart speaks for itself. They are throwing shit against the wall and seeing what sticks. So what, no doubt about the, that. The stock's what down two and a half percent today. Right yeah, now? yeah. I'll, I'll bring up interday in, in so you can see what. Yeah, it's really it's not not a lot of moving. And I mean, the numbers were 
good, not great. Um, yeah, quick. Yeah, so they've got the popcorn thing going on, right? They got AMC branded popcorn that is going to be in stores later this year, and they're doing this food delivery partnership with that. So let's list all the all this stuff that AMC is trying. Wait, okay, wait, wait. food delivery. Oh, yeah, we'll get there. So AMC popcorn brand. Okay, they're they're going to have AMC branded popcorn in stores at some point this year. They're doing this food delivery partnership with with, with AMC where you can or with 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 Uber. Um, which I'm not quite clear about, frankly, but um, so I'm gonna like I want to watch a movie at home and I want to order a like ten dollar ice yes. and ten dollar popcorn. Yes, I'm gonna pay fifty bucks to get an Uber Eats <laughs> to my house. Hey, don't, don't 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 shoot the messenger, right? They are uh, they're doing NFTs, right? You guys know that they launched a few NFTs um, around the Spider-Man movie, and they're uh, they're they're doing that. Uh, they're they will be uh, you'll be able to pay for AMC tickets with Shiba Inu and Dogecoin uh, at some point. He to quote Aaron Marin in the next this few year. in the next few weeks. Yeah, in the next few. Originally, weeks. they said yeah at some point in twenty twenty. No, they said March. Okay, where it, it is March. So March, right? Um, so they're doing the NFTs. That do- can't be profitable. The the crypto thing. They're, they're doing the NFTs. They're doing the crypto payments. They're doing the the um, the food delivery. They're doing the popcorn. They are doing. Um, oh, the variable pricing is interesting. I had no idea before yesterday that it's it's common in other parts of the world for a movie theater company to charge different rates. For different movies and also different rates for different uh, seats in the theater, because in the U.S. it's a flat rate. Every movie costs the same, right, for the consumer, and every seat is the same price. But that's not how it is over in Europe, and that's not how it's going to be in the U.S. anymore. They're going over to that model. So, you know, next time you you know you want to see the Batman in theaters uh, in a few weeks, Aaron, you want to sit in the sit in the best seat in the house. You're paying extra for it. All right. I I, I guess I. That's innovative. I, I guess I can't be mad about it if it's normal everywhere else. It just isn't normal here. Um, yeah, I mean, I think right now with, with the way we, uh, we consume media and stuff, I, I, I think the problem is, is you, you price out at a certain point, right? Well, I'd pay, that's, the, that's the thing. I'd yeah. pay you know, 12 bucks to go see the new Batman, but you raise that price to 20 because it's the premiere. Eh. I'm a lot less likely to go pay 20 bucks to see the new Batman when I can wait two weeks and watch it on HBO from my couch or whatever it is, you know? You're saying the elasticity of demand, right? Isn't that the economic concept there? Yeah. Price el- elasticity. Hard word to say. But, um, yeah, there's only so much money you're willing to pay to go see a movie, right? Especially so. when you have other options, which we do. I mean, even even before you could see, watch all these movies at home, um, movie tickets were expensive, and going to the movies were expensive. And now that you yeah. have these other options, it's like, man. I mean, I and then the last thing that Greg is pointing out um, is this, the the alternative content angle, right? Um, the only thing in my mind, the only thing to me that would really um, make me want to reassess how I think about this business is if they got sports rights. And they had the ability to, to uh, you know, you, you could you could go uh, watch, watch sporting events at, at a movie theater, right? Like well, they, they are they are do, they're doing that. They're no, doing but no, UFC fights. no, they they do UFC. I guess I meant like the NFL is is is, is really what I'm referring. I to. I don't know about you, but even if 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 AMC had football, I'm not going to a, to a movie theater on Sunday to watch football. How, how is it different than going to the bar? 
I mean, if they if they can charge if they can sell alcohol, and you, is, is there? Well, any- here's the thing. So, so Gregory Ernst is saying they wish they had beer. Last time I went to the movies, they did have. And I I can't remember if it was an AMC theater or not, but they did have like a, a bar out in the lobby. Like, yeah. But yeah. is AMC doing that or no? The AMC bar that I go to has a bar. Okay, that's why. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Because he was saying that he wishes they had beer, but they do. Like well, not, 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 not not all of them. Not all of them do. So. He, there, there was no color on the call about that. He said they're having conversations with the leagues. But if they were to get, like, broad-based rights, the ability to actually broadcast live sports beyond UFC and beyond esports, um, no offense to those properties, like, then I, I would try it. Let me put it this way. I would try it. I'm, I'm, I'm ve- I'd be very curious to see what that experience – maybe I would hate it. I don't, I don't know. But I, I'm just picturing it, like, sitting in a movie. Even if you're allowed, like – obviously to like talk and stuff like during a football game like i feel like just sitting in a movie it's too cramped is that what you're saying not too cramped it's just not like the environment i'd want to watch all right okay we'll 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 see i do try it too i i i I would try it too yeah i I would i would try it i would try it once i'll try it once anyway um that's the story about amc a lot of um a lot of balls in the air and the 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 whole tone of the call was just a gigantic victory lap (laughs) so Kind of a kind of a weird thing. Well, like you said, I mean, the company's still in business. It's a it's one of those yeah. companies that before COVID wasn't in great shape. During COVID, their business model got I hammered. Just, Somehow, the stock went up a thousand percent or whatever. But I, I just can't get past the fact that Adam Aaron sold so I forget the number now, but he sold a lot of his AMC shares, and it's just like I mean, good for him, right? But I mean, to the people. That, that are holding this or, or, or holding until the mother of all short squeezes. How long are you, are you willing to wait? You know, cause holding out for what was, what was a once in a lifetime thing is I mean, you're, you're probably going to be wrong for a long time. So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if anyone is still in this. I'm sure I know people are still in this thing, but the people that are still in this thing, I, I, I hope they have other investments. Well, look, can we zoom in a little bit on that volume bar down below? I want to see what the volume has been doing the past couple. It's months. It, it's fallen. It's not falling off a cliff. That's not a right the right way. It still trades, you know, seventeen million shares. Um, here it's trading. You know, yesterday it traded forty four million shares. Okay, today it trades seventeen. So it trades like thirty, forty, fifty million shares a day. So it trades, right? It's nothing compared to where it was last year, obviously. But I don't, I don't know. I, I hope everyone that owns a stock owns other stuff. That's just that's what I'll say about that. Um, if you want to have a small piece, go for it. Do whatever you want. Um, but there's more to life than just this one stock. Hey, let's bring on our our first guest of the day. I think I see him here backstage. Ben Cohn is the CEO of uh, Playboy. They also had earnings last night, as I mentioned. Um, uh, another company that that's sort of in in transition here as they as they sort of like reposition themselves to for for you know this this century and and get exposure to NFTs and 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 the like. So we have Ben Cohn here backstage. Let's get him on the show right now. Give him our uh, special guest intro. Hey, Ben. How are we doing today? Welcome to the show. 
Thanks for having me. Doing well. Uh, how much? How much would you spend? Yeah, how much would you spend to go to the movies? Is, is the question here. Uh, so I used to be in the movie business. I wouldn't spend a lot anymore. I think there's been a fundamental shift. But if Adam's interested, we can license him the rabbit head to create rabbit head popcorn. So hey, I help him on that. There you go. I, I I think he's probably interested. He in, seems to be interested in, in a lot of things right now. All right, Ben. Uh, high level overview on. Uh, your earnings uh, that you uh, announced yesterday, uh, you know, revenue increasing year over year. Seems like you guys are turning the corner here. Give us the the, the, the top-down view uh, of, of the quarter and the forward-looking guidance. Yeah, look, I'm thrilled with the quarter. Uh, it's also frustrating as a competitive person. I want to win. Uh, we left a lot of money on the table, not because of internal issues, but because of the macro climate with supply chain, COVID-related yeah. issues in the fourth quarter, having to shut down their sales around Halloween a week early just because of, of labor issues and warehouse fulfillment issues. But look, we're, we're continuing to stay very focused, execute on our business plan. Uh, we raised guidance for the year to $350 million of revenue. Um, and look, we have more demand than we have supply right now. We're just establishing our infrastructure, bringing in the right people to execute and very, uh, very optimistic about the future based on the strength of our brands. I, I was actually going to ask you about the supply chain because you, you mentioned that in the call, but I was going to ask you to elaborate on how specifically the supply chain impacting your business. I guess because you are a consumer products business, a consumer products brand. So uh, can you just elaborate more on, on, on the warehouse uh, issues and other supply chain issues and how it's how it's weighed on, on, on the business? Sure. I mean, the, 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 the fundamental issue with the supply chain is things don't show up when they're supposed to show up. And when they do show up, they show up in such bulk sometimes that it takes you weeks to get through it, right? So if you think about a manufacturing process that is running smoothly, you have enough employees to deal with the output every single day. Some days you have zero input, right? So you have no product showing up. And then you get a load of product that takes you days and days to get through. Um, and then you couple that with our retail stores for Honey Burdette, where you're launching a new product, you're marketing that product on social and other means, but the product doesn't show up because it's stuck in the port system. And so it just screws with it. But look, we had a great quarter overall, $96 million of revenue, 247 for the year. Uh, we are free cash flow positive in the fourth quarter. We'll be free cash flow positive this year. Um, and really excited about the future and what we have in store with new products coming this year. So last year was your first year, obviously, as a public company uh, in since 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 the DSPAC uh, progress. Just how would you rate last year overall? A scale of one to ten. Ten being it was nothing could have been better. One being total train wreck. Look, I think it was a it was an eight, um, and we went public. Uh, we did a secondary offering. We completed three acquisitions. Uh, but, you know, there are issues as well uh, as we continue to grow. We're fixing those. We have a plan in place to fix those issues. Um, and then I hope that at some point the supply chain does normalize and the macro climate does normalize. You know, very concerned with what's going on in the Ukraine and feel horrible for the people there and what they're going through right now. Um, but look, we have a business that has a ton of demand on a global basis and we will continue to execute against that demand um, as we move forward. Can you update us on the um, center stage uh, product and, and and where that's at right now? Uh, so centerfold. It's, it's centerfold. Sorry, I, I'm used to center stage is a thing we use at Benzinga, so I that, that that's what I'm used to hearing all day. 
Yeah, look, the creator demand for Centerfold has been phenomenal. You know, we expedited or, or accelerated the launch of it uh, based on demand from creators and them wanting another platform. Uh, so we ended up buying a company in October called Dream. We launched that product really six weeks after we bought it. We're in beta phase right now. We are looking to move to, you know, a real launch coming up in the next period of time. Uh, but the demand has been phenomenal. And I think our thesis has really been proven out so far that even with a, a handful of creators on the platform uh, since launch, our traffic to Centerfold is already surpassing that of our high volume Playboy.com traffic. And so when we think about what Centerfold could be long term, as that flywheel effect, that top of the funnel, and especially when you think about what's happened to other consumer product companies with the changes to iOS, the privacy changes and performance yeah. marketing, we have our own built-in base with Centerfold. And so I believe that long-term gives us a real competitive advantage. Can you give us some color on on, on the current uh, licensing pipeline? Uh, any any big deals that you that you recently you recently got, or or, or how robust is that right now? Yeah, we signed 10 new deals in 2021. Obviously, COVID has had an impact not only on our internal operations, but on our partners as well uh, with supply chain and other issues. Uh, the business did grow uh, in 21, and I think there's a ton of opportunities on a global basis as we get up back on the road. You know, yesterday was a great day here. It was our first day back in the office in two years. I got to be honest, you know, I, didn't never, I never thought, my wife thought, but I never thought when we closed down in March of, what, 20 now that I thought we were going to be gone for two weeks. Never thought it would be two years later. Uh, but I know the team here is looking forward to getting back on the road, meeting with our partners and working on some of the new deals that we have in the pipeline. So, so Ben, you mentioned uh, becoming cash flow positive. Is there, are there any plans um, to use some of the cash coming in or, you know, just try to raise that uh, cash on the balance sheet? Well, look, we are using the cash right now. So even even being cash flow positive, we put a ton of money back into the company, really uh, into the infrastructure of the business last year. You know, having bought four companies over the last two years, uh, we're focused on bringing those all together, realizing the synergies and improving our margins at the company. Um, and then, look, I'm I spent 25 years in private equity. We're opportunistic. We don't have any plans for M&A in 2022. This year, we have two clear priorities, which is really comes down to establishing the foundation this year, putting the right systems and processes in place internally, bringing in the right people. But of course, I mean, if there is an op unbelievable opportunity as me being one of, the, I think, the single largest individual shareholder, um, we will do things that are opportunistic and create shareholder value over a period of time. So no plans for to, to any more acquisitions, but if, if something happens to pop up at an amazing deal, you, you always have your eyes open. We always have our eyes open, but we're staying very focused this year. And I, I would tell you, we're not actively looking for M&A opportunities like we have in the past. Uh, we're very focused on our operations. We have all of the assets that we need right now to be to be very successful. And so we want to stay focused on that and making sure that we don't complicate our lives further with other acquisitions right now. Would you say the center, the centerfold uh, continued launch of that is and, and making sure that that that's working and growing? Is that priority number one? Well, we have two priorities, as we said, you know, I'm lucky that we've been able to bring in Ashley Kector, who joined us from Gap and before that spent seven years at Restoration Hardware. 
really helping build that business as their chief merchandising officer to the two and a half billion dollars of revenue. Uh, so she is now running our consumer products business. I am focused on the digital side and making sure that we enhance our team there as well. But Centerfold is, is obviously a huge priority for us in making that successful. And we're lucky that, you know, we, the demand from creators has just been unbelievable. Uh, you know, we're approaching a thousand verified creators on the platform. We'll start to turn on the revenue monetization here uh, shortly. Um, and then we have a wait list uh, for for creators that is multiples of what we have on the platform today. And then, Ben, I, I just want to ask you uh, about the the documentary that's out, the Secrets of Playboy documentary. I think you've commented, uh, companies commented in, in support of, of of some of the claims being made. Uh, I'm just wondering if it if you find it's difficult to change the broad-based perception of like the Playboy today, I think believe the quote I read was the Playboy today is not the Playboy of 40, 50 years ago. And while that, that, that may be true, do you find it's difficult to like change the perception? I don't. I think there's some great things in the company's past uh, dealing with personal freedoms that we have we have leaned into uh, today. You know, if you look at our audience today specifically at Playboy.com, over 50 percent of our audience today are women. If you look at our employee base, over 80 percent of our employees are women. We've grown from 130 employees to 1100 employees. Um, and so I think that speaks to it. And then when you look at the average age of our audience too, you know, over 70% of our audience today is under the age of 34. This is a brand that has really resonated with Gen Z. Um, and so, you know, a great example of that is our partnership with Paxson. That's a business that's grown from basically zero a few years ago to over a hundred million dollars of sales. And that's really streetwear at the end of the day. And so I don't, I don't see that issue at all. I think our audience continues to go young. Um, and it's a brand that I think, again, you know, I, I've talked about this over the past few years. And one of the reasons I took this job was this brand is priceless. You could spend billions and billions of dollars today trying to recreate what we have on a global basis and you wouldn't be able to do it. Uh, and I know it's been only been a rel- relatively short amount of time, but have you seen any negative impacts of the documentary on, on, on the business at all? We, we have not, you know, we, we stand by our statement and we support the women coming forward and telling their stories, but we have not seen any negative impact to the company itself. Awesome. Um, a few questions here from my chat I want to hit on before I let you run here. Sure. Uh, as a non-operator of a media brand, are you planning on bringing an experienced CEO to set up governance from Sadat? That's a tough question, Sadat. Yeah, so we're not a late, we're not a legacy media business at all. Uh, look, I've spent 25 years in private equity. I've been exposed to a ton of businesses. I'm surrounded by a great team, uh, and I think if you know, part of my job is is succession planning, making sure that we have the right team on on the court that can win the championship. And so when you look at it, I think it speaks to you know Rachel Weber and Ashley Kector and the rest of the team that we brought in, and we will continue to enhance our skill set. But I, I I believe I am an operator. Um, and I think when you look at the performance of this company, you know, we've grown, grown from 130 to 1,100 people. We've increased revenue wow. from, from $70 million to $247 million. We're on our way to $350 million this year. You know, I'm, I'm thrilled by the team we have, and we'll continue to enhance that team. And I'm sorry, just to reiterate, did you say that, cause you, that you'd be free cash flow positive for the year? Uh, this we are free cash flow positive in the fourth quarter, and we'll be free cash flow positive in twenty twenty two as well. Nice. 
All right, Ben Cohn, the CEO of Playboy. You guys know the ticker, obviously, PLBY. There it is. You up know on the, the bunny, too. You know, you know the logo. You know the brand. You know the stock. You know the CEO, Ben Cohn. Thanks for coming on. Ben's in live today, Ben. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, good interview, I thought. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it's always... I never thought if you would have told 13-year-old Aaron, I'd be talking with the CEO of Playboy. He'd be... I think 13-year-old Aaron would have envisioned... A different probably a different yeah i don't know <laughs> i don't know uh anyway uh again a, a company trying to reposition itself right and 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 the quote that that i cited uh what i think was from ben where i believe he said that you know the playboy of today is just a, it's a different have company. you seen the documentary no i need everybody i find it very 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 difficult to keep up with quote-unquote like trendy shows or trendy documentaries i am i operate on like a four week delay is that a trendy one right now i maybe i i didn't see squid game until a month ago okay so I, I i'm on like a month long or two month long delay on whatever the hot thing is of the moment i'll, I'll get to it in a month okay i did watch the carl icon i'll get to it later i did watch the carl icon documentary case in point <laughs> i haven't gotten to that yet <laughs> But I only know I only knew about it because of you. So you told me about it, but you hadn't even seen it. Yet. I haven't gotten to it yet. I'm telling you, I operate on a delay. There's so much content out there. How am I supposed to get to it all? I'm busy watching Jerome Powell testify in Congress, State of the Union. Every- guy on the oh, not anymore. That's Powell. Actually, can I can I just say, um, if anyone was watching the uh, beginning of the Jerome Powell stream, you, uh, it's pretty funny. They were having some technical difficulties right off the bat, and uh, there were like a, they had, there was a bunch of um, you know house rat or committee members right um, on the Zoom meeting or whatever whatever it is that they're using for this, and they were like, "Why is it not starting yet? Why why are we late?" <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, this guy that's on the TV right now, yeah. I, for a second, I didn't. I saw like the top of his head. I thought it was Putin for a second. Oh no, dude, no. Do you just confuse the U.S. House member for Vladimir Putin. I don't know who that is on the TV right. Is a member of the U.S. House of Representatives. Uh, let's see. It's a uh, Mr. Kate, Kate Carter. <laughs> Carter, maybe. All Gosh, right. I don't even know, man. Um, oh, what else? All right, twelve eleven. We're gonna have um, next guest on at twelve thirty. Um, Logan Silver from OBR Investing. He's he's a young guy, and he got into trading like as a as a teenager. So. We'll talk to him about that. Ooh, speaking of trading, does anyone have any trades setting up? Anything they're looking at? I mean, the spy is up one and a half percent right now. Uh, Dow is doing well too. Let's check in on the Qs. Yeah, how are we doing out there? Let's bring on some charts. Every, everything's green. Everything's green for the most part. Really? Let's get let's get. Uh, to the Qs. You know what stocks are not green? Hold on, wait. You're going too fast for me. Hold on. I just want to look. Qs green. Let's go to the overall market here. Qs are lagging. Uh, oh wow! Spy. Everything is. Oh. Spy and Dow right now, which a- we have not seen. Wait, ARKK. Wait, look at ARKK. Lagging. <gasps> yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Those stocks are lagging. You that's look at your, you look at your, Ro- you look at your Roku's. Uh, you Tesla. look at your Asanas. You look right. at your Teslas. Well, Tesla, Tesla's red. So to be, to be honest, it could just be Tesla because it's such a huge weighting of all their funds. No, 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 no. It's oh, all, Roku, it's all growthy tech. Zoom. It's all growthy tech. Is down. Oh, this is so interesting. Um, but even something like Google. I know. I just saw Google was in the red. But Google's in the red. But you look at Apple but, up, but like up one and a half percent. Microsoft. So the companies that are the stocks that are green right now are companies that are currently making a lot of money. 
not companies that are set to make a lot of money uh, X amount of years down the road. Anything uh, you put in the Roku, Asana, um, Upstart. What Asana's down? Yeah, I mean all these growth tech stock names. Like if, if you've if you've got a bunch of revenue, a bunch of cash flowing in right now, you're green. Yeah. Look at Apple. Look yeah. at Microsoft. What about something like Shopify? I don't know where I would put Shopify in that category. Shit. I I I don't I, I do not want to lose sight of the stock. Okay, because I do want to buy. Shopify is red, but I do not want to lose sight of Shopify. I don't have any. I don't have any or any orders sitting out there. Um, maybe maybe I should just throw an order out there like six hundred. Just say screw it. Right, but um, I don't know. Okay, so Shopify is down. So yeah, value day. I guess I guess it's a value day, but um. Everything. Let's go to the overall market here. Everything is more or less green, except for growth tech. Yeah. Okay. Except I kind of think Shopify might be setting up for a trade here. Let's see. I might take something on it. The problem is the options are just so expensive. So here's what we've been saying, right? The the convenient thing about last Thursday is it gives everybody an out. There is a clean out across the board in everything, and it's the low of Thursday. So in Shopify's case, it's 585. Now that's four bucks it, away. That's, that's, oh, no, 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 That's 80 bucks away right now, 75 bucks away. So it, it's a while. It, 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 Shopify, maybe, you know, you gotta well, do it. Here's my thing, is I think that. Shopify is getting unfairly grouped with the rest of these growthy tech, Kathy Wood-esque names. When Shopify should be grouped more with your Amazon's and app. I mean, Shopify makes no money. No, no, no. Well, because what's the? It's an eighty-four billion dollar company. But it's, the PE's below thirty. Like that doesn't scream. No, the trailing PE, but the forward PE is ridiculous. Uh, um, no, the price to sales of eighteen. Market cap of eighty-four billion. It's not really comparable to. Okay. Like, okay. Amazon's price to sales is what like three right now. Probably. Let's I think go. maybe even less than that. Let's go. Let's go. Three, no, three and a half. It's 3.3. And the, it's got a forward PE of 52. All right. You're right. Um, and it, but it, again, right. we, you can't, it's hard to. What's Apple's price of sales? Uh, probably, if I had to guess, I would say it's in the high 20s or, oh no, price of sales. Yeah. Uh, if I had to guess, I would say. Somewhere in between three and four. I would say like four. What is it? It's seven. Wow. Okay. Um, that's, how, that's more than I would have thought. So Apple's expensive in that regard. Well, it's expensive for Apple, but um, yeah. Wait, I want to address this comment in the chat. Uh, I have to scroll to find it though. Give me a second, Christopher. I'm I'm sorry, man, but we're we're not gonna help you do that. How much is that? It's like more than twenty five thousand dollars, right? I honestly don't know, but it's euros. If you're looking for just like if you're looking for 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 stock picks, you know, and we, we say the stock is going to go higher, therefore it's, it's going to go higher. You've come to the wrong place, man. And 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 just honestly, and like not trying to you know shit on you or whatever, but just that mindset of I need to make up this loss is probably going to get you into a bigger hole. To be to be honest, um, so we're not going to give you a, a a pick that will help you make up the 25,000 euro loss. <laughs> Wait, no, that's pound. Is that pound? That's a pound, right? Yeah, I have no clue. That's a pound. Is it really? Yeah. Cuz then I think it's even more. I don't know. It's I don't know. Okay. Um there's an old saying tips are for waiters. 
We don't really give tips here. So, uh, sorry. And no, I'm not in Palantir. I, whatever short-term swings I had, I got out of them on, on, uh, on um, Wednesday or Thursday. Well, whatever. One of those days. I think it was Thursday. But, I, but let's say hypothetically. <laughs> okay. You had to. All right. What Look. would you do? Like, and honestly, I'm not. I'm, not, okay. I'm just okay. curious okay. what you, okay. Spencer, okay. would do. Okay. If I was in that position. Hypothetically. And I was like, damn, I need to make up a huge loss here, and I want to do it quickly. What would I do? Honestly, oh, God. I don't even want to say it, man. I don't even want to say it. Okay. <laughs> Because I, cause I, I have an idea, but it's so freaking stupid. What, buy Tesla calls? No, no, no. It, it, uh, I don't even want to say it. But, yeah, I'm not going to. Okay, if I, was, if I was being an idiot, if I, was stu- if I wanted to be stupid. If you wanted to be stupid. If I wanted to be stupid, uh-huh. I would consider buying, like, RSX. If I wanted to be totally stupid. Consider buying, you could just buy it. Yeah. Buying calls, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. If I want to be just dumb and say I'm probably throwing my money away, but there's like a 1% chance that I'm not. I, but I don't do that. Please don't do that. Please, for the love of Yeah. It, the only thing I'll say on that is I honestly think it'd be dumber. Our camera's having a seizure, but I like it. I honestly think it'd be dumber right now to go out and short RSX than it would be to buy it. Don't short it. Don't short it, please. Yeah, you're going to short something that's down already 65% in the last month? You're gonna short something at an all-time low? Yeah, no, thank you. Well, I don't know. I don't know. That probably works out a lot of time, actually. Uh, maybe it does. You're right. All right, bad logic. Buying something at <laughs> bad, bad, bad. You're right. Buying it at a, at a high is is the equivalent of yeah, little bill. I shouldn't have said that. You're right. I'm sorry, <laughs> Shelley. What, what can I say? <laughs> don't do that. For the love of all things that are holy, don't do that. Um, Please, yeah, turn please, on. please, ready? You, you guys ready for this? Just guys, turn on CNBC and do whatever Jim Cramer you, you says. You guys ready for this? Boom. Please remember that all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Holy cow. Do not come knocking on my door if you do that and you lose money. Please. Speaking of losing money. I cannot be more clear about this. Speaking of losing money, what would you lose money on today? Um. Well, I so I, yesterday I bought some... Uh, Lockheed Barton puts while we were on with David Green because yeah. he was talking about how it just got overextended. Yeah. Stocks can't go up that much in a short period of time. Yeah, and yeah, I, I like bought them and didn't even look at them. And yesterday in the afternoon, the contracts were down like fifty percent, and I was like, ah, why did I listen to David Green? <laughs> and then and, and then you wake up. I wake up and they were up three hundred and fifty percent. Nice. I was like, oh, maybe this maybe this David nice. Green guy knows what he's talking about. He's been nice. doing it doing it longer than me. Um, that's true. That's true. Um, okay. Uh, we have a few things to get to before we bring on. Also, our- Lockheed. Oh, we already talked about Lockheed's intraday movement. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah. Wait, can I can solar, I read you? Solar giving up all its gains. Can I read you the stat? This is off topic, but it's been in our doc for like like all week. I just want to mention it real quick. Um, New York Times, right? Public company, NYT. They bought Wordle. Yep. Right. Uh, this is from Dylan Byers, who's a media reporter. He said, sources with access to the New York Times internal traffic measurement system told me visits to the New York Times Wordle page in the first 24 hours were roughly equivalent to the total monthly audience for the New York Times website itself. So 24 hours, 
24 hours of owning Wordle brought them as many eyeballs as the New York Times website gets in a month. Now, it's not apples to apples because the New York Times website is behind a paywall. So, you know, they're charging for that for those eyeballs. Um, so they willingly limit themselves. If they want to get more eyeballs, they would, they would get rid of the paywall. But, so what, um, what New York Times has done, I don't know if you've seen. But but it's pretty, the, is, that, is that pretty wild, though? Yeah, on the Wordle page. It's like advertising its other games, you know, the New York yeah. Times crossword, the Daily Mini, the Spelling Bee, all this to try to encourage. And I could see a lot of people that maybe would not have gotten in that New York Times game yeah. ecosystem interested in it because of Wordle. But at the end of the day, if I just hop on the Wordle site and I play Wordle for five minutes yeah. and then I'm off, yeah. how valuable is that no, to, to New York no, Times? It's not. It's not. That's kind of the point. Tiny Pie. Wait, Jason Raznick is in office today. We can definitely, um, and it's not going to do anything now, but we can convey the feedback that we should have bought Wordle. Let it be known, everyone. We should have bought Wordle. Tiny Pie Media says that in the chat. Anyway, that stat's been sitting in our, in our doc all week, so I just wanted to mention that because so I can clear it out. Um, I thought it was pretty amazing. Um, oh, yesterday, it's so funny. I don't know. I guess we all live the same lives. I don't know. But yesterday, I guessed on the thing. Ruble as one of my. I guess that. I know, and then I saw I saw a tweet about it, and the tweet had like a hundred thousand likes. The tweet was like, I really thought like Wordle was gonna make the thing Ruble today, the day I like the it. Ruble was crashing, and I guessed it too. It and apparently, rupee. everyone does because I thought like it, it was like oh something that I did that was interest you know whatever like unique and no wait it tur- turns out hundreds of thousands of people wait wait S- Sadat uh, I have sources that tell me that Jason Raznick is interested in resuming his media persona again i don't have a timeline on that but i have a source and my source is jason Raznick, and he said that he wants to come back on the show so um stay tuned and i'm the reason i'm telling you now is so now it's out there in the ether because he said it and i don't i want to hold him accountable so it's out there now now now, now you know what i know so Let's see. It does look like some of those uh, growth tech names we were talking about, like ARKK, has had a pretty strong last uh, five, ten minutes. Um, yeah. Uh, yes, Jason is doing the camera right now. Um, every month, uh, our, our star writer, Chris Catchy, writes an article where he runs through the, t- the most searched tickers on Benzinga for the month. And I think it's a fun little exercise to do, and I think it, it, it speaks volumes about sentiment among our our, our, our readership and our, our, our user base, right? So can we go through that right now? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Number one, most search ticker on Benzinga.com uh, and Benzinga. Actually, this is just Benzinga Pro, um, just, just our paid platform. Most search ticker for the month of, Jan- of February, SPY. Our most popular ticker. That is our most searched ticker. Can you ever remember? Hey, Shubs is here. Shubs, can you ever remember the spy being like the most searched ticker? Never. What do they do? Make like spyware? Yep. That's what they do. Is that a joke? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I, can, I can never tell when you're like half paying attention and therefore ask a serious question. I'm paying attention. All right. I was just checking the market. Uh, okay. 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 No, that's cool. Um, so, spy. Most searched ticker in, in um, Benzinga Pro last month. I can never remember that ever being the case before. It's always some trendy stock. I think that's very notable in and of itself. Um, number two, most search ticker. Does anyone want to guess? This 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 is a stock. This is a, a trendy stock. It's always trending. Tesla. Um, yes, Tesla is was number two, the most search ticker 
on Benzinga Pro for the month of February. Number three, you you want to keep going here? Uh, te, uh, Ford. No, uh, Mega Cap or Nvidia. Lard, damn, he's he's good. Nvidia. It's almost like I know that I'm inside the mind of a retail investor. <laughs> it's almost almost. <laughs> uh, okay, that was number three. Number four, uh, Mega Cap Tech. Apple. <laughs> nope. Microsoft. There's only so many of them. Uh, Apple's five. Okay, so, so, so there's one in between Nvidia and Apple. Yep. It's not Microsoft. Um, Amazon is seven. I'm going to tell you that now. So it's not Amazon. Okay. Uh, Netflix. Netflix is not on the top ten. Really? Yep. Yes, Facebook. Yes. Meta. Christian Gallagher. Meta. Christian Gallagher. Oh, AMD. No, 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 no. It was. It was. It was Facebook. Sorry, the oh, chat. Meta. Okay. Uh, it, it was. It was Meta. Uh, Apple was five. AMD is six. Am, Amazon Amazon seven. Amazon is seven. That, le- that leaves us with three tickers left. Okay. Eight, nine, and ten. One of them is an ETF. Okay. Number nine is, is an ETF. Two of them are like trendy growth Q, stuff. Q, Q, one of them? Q, the Q is number Q is number nine. Okay. So eight and ten. And they're both like beaten down growth stocks that are are, are always trendy. Beaten down growth stocks. Yeah. Roku? No. 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 Wait, wait let, let's let's let me get the chat up here. Let's see what we got. Uh, no ARKK. No, sorry. he said one was a fund. So yep. the two the two remaining are not funds. Rules out ARKK. Yep. Um, no, oh, a- oh, Gallagher's got it. PayPal and Square? Nope. No PayPal, oh. no Square. But Square is not that far off. Okay. I'll say. Um, and, and now there's PayPal. They're, 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 okay, okay, so it's not Square, but not, QS, not, QuantumScape? Not SoFi. That's funny. No. Okay. No, no. I thought you said not far off. Someone like, gets uh, a firm like yet? The ticker was flipped. Uh, it's not Palantir. What did you say, Ron? Affirm. Uh, affirm. Affirm. Affirm is number 10. Ooh. Can you believe it? Affirm is number 10. The 10th most searched stock on Benzinga Pro last month. Affirm. We're missing one more. You said another uh, tech stock. Another we're, growth tech. We're missing number eight. It's a growth. It grow, well, Palantir. I'm, so, I'm just guessing in the chat. Te- you know, SoFi, te- Palantir. Tech, tech is a loose term. Um, okay. <laughs> Lululemon, uh, Brent Seven was um, Amazon. Amazon. Sorry, um, tech is a loose term. I haven't seen. It. Okay, I'm gonna give you guys a big hint. This company was in the news uh, like a few weeks ago. Yep, there it is. Peloton, Peloton. Yeah, yeah, that's tech. You can say yeah. Yep. You can say it's tech. Yep. But it's not. Yeah. Anyway, Peloton, your eighth most searched ticker on the platform last month. So to recap, uh, going from one to ten, your ten most searched docs or tickers on Benzinga Pro: uh, Spy, Tesla, Nvidia, Meta. I have to scroll. Sorry. Uh, Apple, AMD, Amazon, Peloton, the Qs, and Affirm rounds out the list. Shout out to Chris Kachi for. Uh, Doing the work and going through the numbers See, on that. See, to me, it's not that surprising seeing Spy at the top of the list because it's just most searched tickers. And I'd imagine that if someone wants to get a quick gauge of the market, searching Spy is the easiest way to do that. I'm telling you though, I I, I look in our internal dashboard every day, and the most searched ticker is almost always the the high flying stocks of the day. Right? There's always a stock up forty percent. Right? That that along with whatever like mega cap stock is up the most. Those are always at the top. Um, Spy is typically up there, but to have Spy be number one for the month, again, I've, I don't think I've seen that before, frankly. So uh, to me, that says that the, the Benzinga user base is uh, is concerned about the overall market is what that tells me. Um, anyway, 
Thought that was a fun exercise. Can you guess how much a $25 Nordstrom's call is up today from yesterday's close? Uh, oh, God. Can I pull up the chart? Can I cheat for a second? Is yeah. That, is that cheating? Oh, yeah. man, my, my charts. Uh-oh. My charts just crashed on me. Um, Because last I checked, Nordstrom itself was up like 30%. Oh, my gosh. So 38% now? Holy moly. Yeah, when you said every, you said every right. day there's a stock that's up 40%. I was like, I wonder what that stock it's is Nordstrom. today. It's Nordstrom. It's Nordstrom. Gapped into a gap, right? How much is a $25 call up today? Yeah. Um, 500%? Um, a $25 call is up more than 1,300% right now. Closed at 15 cents yesterday, wow. now worth $2.18. Wow. That's wild. Um, yeah. Uh, the, oh my God, the, actually the $28 calls. Uh, wait, we're, just to be clear, we're, we're referring to, Options expire in two days. The the the, the calls for this Friday is what yeah. he's talking about. The the uh, AKA YOLO calls. The the twenty eight uh, March fourth expiries closed yesterday worth four cents. Today they're worth eighty eight cents. Holy good shit. for a two thousand twenty one hundred dollars or twenty one hundred percent. What are we even doing here with our lives, everyone? Should just YOLO'd Nordstrom. Why didn't calls? we just YOLO Nordstrom you calls Because I didn't know who all was reporting. Uh, we went over it on the show. I think. Ah. Maybe I don't have to close. If Randy were here, he would have told me, hey, let's get into some Nordstrom, and we would have done it, but Randy wasn't here. Whatever. All right. Um, let's bring out our next guest here, uh, Logan Silver. Uh, a new guest joining the show today. Always fun to have a new guest, uh, some, some, some new blood. Uh, Logan Silver is from OBR Investing. He's been investing uh, since he was a teenager. Uh, so let's find out about how he got started, and we'll give Logan our – Wrong. And Logan Silver is a really cool Rogan, name. Rogan, wrong. Can we give him a special intro? I moved it up there. Logan I Silver, what's intro. up, man? Hello, hello. Special, special intro for our new guest. How are we doing, man? What's up? Great. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. Doing fantastic. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you discovered trading and, and and how old you were absolutely first of all i heard you guys yoloed some uh nordstrom calls 25 i wish we, we retroactively calls. yeah <laughs> in my in, in my mind i did yeah in my, in we're, my, up, we're up so much that's right all that matters our, that's all that matters yeah <laughs> um but yeah so i actually got started trading when i was a sophomore in high school oh my and gosh. uh i was introduced to the forex market from my brother at the time and uh i traded the forex market for uh, pretty much up until just about six months ago when I transferred over to options primarily. Um, but I'm very much a Forex guy, more so than an options guy right now. Uh, but I still love the options market very, very much. I think your brother was just playing a trick on you, man. I, I, I think he was just trying to get you to lose money. I don't know. My um, brother is actually so one of the uh, the Instagram guys for uh, Forex education right now. What, what's his Instagram? What does that mean? Uh, Austin Silver FX. He's got close to 100,000. Okay, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Holy cow. Wait, so you it is okay, so you make money in Forex, believe it or not. So wait, so you you're a Forex guy. I would love to get your thoughts on what the hell like the the movements in the Forex market right now cuz the the thing I've never liked about Forex is that it like it, it it doesn't move a lot like these currency pairs, they don't really maybe they do maybe like maybe my perception is wrong, but like we're we're arguing about a a move of like, you know, a couple basis points to kind of 
gets at me a little bit. But the, there's been in, in, insane volatility these last this last week. I would love to get your thoughts on just the, the price action there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you are correct. Unless you're trading the ruble right now, there's not a lot of movement in the forex yeah. market. Um, but that's why we trade with a lot of leverage. Oh. And uh, as you'll see, a lot of professional traders don't usually use that much leverage. It's like one to fifty. And you'll see a lot of newer traders use anything from one to one hundred, all the way up to one to one thousand leverage. Even how, can um, I ask how? You, I gotta ask how do you control your risk, man? How do you make sure you don't get blown out? The same way we do in the options market, actually, just using stop losses, using measured percentages of our accounts. Uh, every single setup that I take, for example, in my forex trading, is two percent of my total account or one percent, depending on the grade of my setup. But the same way I'm measuring my risk in the options market, actually. Right, but when you're using leverage, though, you're liable to your position is liable to be much larger than that. You're correct. There is the chance of slippage. Um, you know, perhaps price gaps past your stop loss, and you get slipped for a little bit more. But that usually, uh, if you are controlling your risk with a reasonable amount of your portfolio, that's not usually a lot of money. So, what do you typically trade? That's a great question. Um, I trade only the major pairs, so I do not partake in the ruble at all. Um, okay. So the majors being USD CAD, United States dollar, Canadian dollar, um, right. GBP, JPY, Great British Pound, Japanese yen. A lot of the JPY uh, pairs move a lot, and I like them. More volatility there, and I do trade better with volatility. So I like the uh, JPY pairs, USD pairs, and Canadian dollar pairs a lot. What about going over to options? Do you stick with uh, you know mostly big stocks? Are you looking at some some smaller caps? Yeah, I mean, you, I just heard you guys talking about SPY being a great gauge for the market, and we trade a lot of SPY at OBR. So it is a lot of big stocks. Um, I'm not personally using a stock screener to see what's up the most today. I'm looking at big names that everybody's familiar with, looking for patterns that everybody's uh, able to identify in OBR that we teach day in and day out. It's the same thing on the same stocks. Got it. So you're just checking in on, on the big, you know, you're looking at the big guys, Apple's, Microsoft's, NVIDIA's, Tesla. I mean, any favorites out of, out of the biggest names? Um, I love trading Boeing. I love trading Spy. Uh, I heard, also heard you guys talking about Piton a couple seconds ago. Piton's a, a very fun stock to trade uh, if you're buying puts, that is. But uh, yeah, that, that's definitely one of them. Yeah. And then so what is the option strategy mostly buying either long puts or long calls? Or do you guys do anything more advanced in terms of... Um, you know, spreads, condors, anything like that? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, for Thanks. myself, it's personally just buying and uh, buying puts and calls, but we do have analysts that specialize in just about everything at OBR. So we have a guy named Clayton, and Clayton only trades longer-term stuff. He utilizes spreads. He utilizes more complex option strategies. Um, but yeah, I personally do not. Do you have like a like a like a list of like typically these are the stocks that, that you that you focus on and you don't stray too far from that and and if sure. so, how yeah, big yeah. Is, I absolutely have a watch list. How, how, how big is that list? It's actually quite large. Um, I'm looking at a lot of tech stocks, uh, Spy QQQ, obviously, Nvidia. I do trade a lot. Tesla, TSM, AMD, um, Boeing. Like I said, Alibaba is a fun stock to trade. Sometimes uh, we do dabble in the meme stocks, AMC. GME sometimes not a whole lot. Um, Dwack has I, been a fun one to trade recently with the, uh, the increased volatility when you know Trump tweets or something when some news gets out when the rally is formed. Um, Lucid is a fun stock. Microsoft, Moderna. Holy cow! I didn't even know Dwack had got all the way up to hundred. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, wait, Logan, have you ever blown out an account? Um, in options, I have not. In forex, yes. 
Yeah, tell us about that because I think I've always thought that you learn more from your losses than your big losses than you do from your big wins. I completely agree with that. I actually, um, the last time I blew an account was my first year in trading. So it, thankfully it's not happened in quite a bit of time. Um, but I remember very, very vividly, I was trying to sell gold and gold just kept on rallying. And because of that leverage um, and my lack of knowledge about risk management at the time, I was just continually adding to my position. And I blew the entire account in like one trade. This was very, very early on. And I remember I punched my wall out of complete anger and took a step back for about a, a month. And after that, I came back into the market with a lot more knowledge. I had a new mentor actually in that time period who taught me a lot, a lot about risk management, which helped me move into a proprietary trading firm shortly after and do fairly well there because of risk management. I always am preaching risk management. Um, so that was the main lesson I learned from my first loss is Wait, proper so sizing. Just to Maybe. understand this straight, your brother introduced you to Forex and then did not tell you about risk management. We were both new at the time. We were both okay. new at the time. Okay. I, okay. Just, okay. That's interesting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, all right. So, um, can you, I mean, talk about it like a recent trade that you've made and walk us through the setup there. Sure. I was actually just short Piton actually from yesterday. Um, we took okay. profits on it this morning. I'm just going to quickly pull it up on my chart. Yeah. But if you uh, want, you can, you can also share, if you want to share your chart, you can do that here. You can just share your that share button on screen and we can bring it up and take a look and you can walk us through what you saw, how you got in, how you got out. If, if you're out, uh, th that is, um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I would just say as a general PSA, please understand the, the use of leverage and it, it is a high risk strategy. I just wanted to throw that out there just so everyone knows. Uh, Absolutely. all right. I see, I, I see your screen. Let's bring it up there. All right. Well, this is Peloton here. This is Peloton right here. Yes. Okay. So what I saw, and I do utilize some moving averages as well as a trader's dynamic index, a couple of uh, other indicators, but I also do utilize Elliott Wave framework primarily in my trading, as well as um, Fibonacci numbers, things like that. But pretty much what I saw was a standard corrective wave happen in Piton off of this low. And we've had an engulfing candlestick through the 50 EMA, 21 EMA, and 8 EMA. So I actually- why, why, right why, why do you use these, all these indicators? Like, like, how'd you find them? How did I find them? Yeah. That's a great question. Um, the main reason that I use these indicators and I don't use them all the time. I have this little okay. thing up here where I can just quickly toggle them off and on. But, okay. um, the reason I do use them is just combining confluences and to quickly elaborate on what confluences are. It's just things that align with your bias. So that's mainly why I'm using utilizing these indicators. If I see we're in a corrective wave, we finished that corrective wave. Now, what else can I find that says, okay, Prices may be coming lower. The corrective wave may be over and we're moving into our next impulse. And that's exactly what we had here with uh, that break through those exponential moving averages. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. Why do you use like, uh, like the thing about moving averages that I've always like, and I use a couple of as well, but like it's, it's so subjective, right? Like because I, like, I like the the 50 day and the 20 day and the, and, and the 200 day. Um, and those are obviously longer term. But why do you use those moving averages specifically? Yeah, well, mainly for trend following. So the 8 okay. EMA, uh, which is the yellow here, is what I find to be very, very useful for shorter term uh, time frame trading and trend uh, continuation pretty much. When we break above the 8 EMA is when I will close the position. And as you can see in this Piton trade, once we got through the 8 EMA, besides this little thing right here, which we actually did not close above, we never broke above the 8 EMA. 
still have not. So you could still be in this trade. And I know some people that are in OBR still in this trade. The 21 is a good confirmation EMA for me. So I'm looking for engulfing candles just like this one, where the eight and the 21 are on the candle body and it's crossing downwards. That's a really good confirmation for me for a sell position. And then the 50 is just good because I find that that's really good dynamic support and resistance levels that I can uh, find. And as you can see, it does respect that level quite often. Uh, at the end of the day, people and price just respects these moving averages because a lot of different people are looking at them on their screen. So just to be clear, is this a trade you're in right now or, or, or a trade that you, you, you closed? I was in this trade and I actually okay. got in, uh, sorry, got out of the trade in this candle right here. Okay. Yeah. So, so that was a, you, you bought, you bought puts or you, you, or you sold the stock or what? Yeah, I bought puts. Um, okay. My expiration was, let me pull it. I think it was um, March 11th. Could be wrong. Okay. It do you was, ever look at the option? Do you look at options flow at all? I do. We do. Uh, I do, and we actually just partnered with a a firm called Quant Data, and they uh, they're very very useful. Okay. Um, but I, I actually did get the uh, March eighteenth puts with my entry. Oh, that's gone now. Uh, I can pull it up in my analyst chat. No, uh, no, that's all right. So, all right. So a a, a bearish Peloton trade, and it worked out for you. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I guess if you all want to drop some tickers in the chat, I, we, we can throw them to Logan and see, see what his thoughts are, see if, see if they're on his list. Do you, do you trade um, just uh, stocks right now, or, or do, you do, do you dabble? You said you do Forex, but do you dabble in, like, in, in, in crypto or, or, or ETF? Or you said you do ETFs too, but do you dabble in, like, in, in crypto or anything like that? Absolutely. Actually, all of my long-term portfolios are in crypto. I'm a huge okay. proponent of crypto. Um, I think that it provides a great opportunity, especially for if you are younger. Um, this is definitely an industry that's going to be around for a very long time. So surprisingly enough, most of my retirement and uh, long-term investing is in cryptocurrency. Okay. Um, Shelly asked it why you're not using CFDs. CFDs aren't legal in the U.S., Shelly, um, to my knowledge. So that's probably why... Uh, do, do you know what do you know what CFDs are? CFDs, uh, yes. Yeah. So uh, if you were trading, for example, US thirty, we can just pull it up. Are, are they legal? I thought I thought they weren't legal in the US. Um, to my understanding, they're not. You just need to have yeah. a certain broker. Um, because I do trade okay. CFDs. So oh damn, let's hope okay. they're not illegal. I, I've never I've never traded a CFD in my life, so I I don't even know. I don't even know. Yeah, I mean, it's just um, essentially they're traded like a spot market index. So this is what we would like, you know, how we trade uh, QQQ in the options market. This is NAS 100, except it's the CFD for the same index. Um, but yeah, yeah, I do. Well, I do dabble in CFDs. Sometimes. I, since, since you use leverage, do you trade leverage ETFs at all? I do not personally. Yeah, um, cool, I do cool, have cool. that long, the same long term. Um, Analyst Clayton does dabble in okay. triple leveraged and double leveraged SPY and QQQ, but I personally right. do not. Um, aside from the gold trade, can you tell? I'd be curious to to hear from you, like a, a big a big loser that you had and a, and a big winner that, that you had, and, and and have you walk us through walk us through what happened? Yeah. Um, while I'm thinking about the loser, we can go through the winner. Sure. So my largest winner to this date actually was on Australian dollar, Japanese yen. Okay. And this was back in COVID. So what happened was COVID started, um, started breaking out. 
And this is actually the trade right here. So I was writing this short for, let me see. So yeah, right here. We saw, and this was back when I was pattern trading a lot. I still do utilize patterns quite a bit, but um, I, I look at a little bit more things than I used to than just patterns. But we saw this break out um, same time COVID was happening. And it was a incredibly um, novice mistake that I made that ended up resulting in what was the largest winner. So we had this yeah. breakout of this wedge. I entered my first position here, not expecting this was going to fall as far as it did obviously, um, because the, just the news of COVID was reaching out at this time. And then what happened was I added another position when we broke here. And then I added yet another position on a lower time frame. We broke out of a pattern right here. So, so you averaged that. So you you wrote that thing all the way down? Um, not, not all the way down. I actually got out around here. So I did not catch the last move down, but I saw this wick happen. I looked for the wick fill. It took a couple of days, but after we did get that wick fill, I closed that trade. And I believe it was a 35% return on my portfolio at the time. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. So I, 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 yeah I, I like that your biggest winner was not like, I made 10,000% on this trade and I'm going to do it again because that shit ain't easy. So, um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. It's not easy, not realistic. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And while I was adding to this position, what I did was when we got this entry, my stop loss first was here above this last high. When we got this entry, I uh, moved my stop loss for both positions to this high. When we got this entry down here, I moved my stop losses to break even. So I was not really risking as much as you think I would be risking nice. if I was leaving my stop nice. loss where it would be. Okay, I was I was going to ask you about your 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 stop man your your stop management and whether you, you you move them. Do you have a target stop? Is it is it a is it a percent thing? Is it is it a dollar value thing? For options trading, I'm assuming you're referring to. Oh, for anything, really. Yeah. Um, the answer to that question is actually pretty universal. My stop loss is always going to be placed where the pattern that I'm executing on is invalidated. So for this wedge, the time that this trade would be invalid, you know, just using this as an example, would be when we broke back above this high. That's when I would consider this entry right here to be completely invalidated. So that's when my stop loss would be put here. Same thing for this pattern. Um, for another strategy I use, I may put the stop loss above the candle high that I'm entering on because that's where the, the trade idea would be invalidated. Wherever the trade idea is invalidated, that's where my stop is. How, and how like how how far above the high though? I guess is my to, to be specific here. Are, are we talking like, you know, talking a couple points? Are we talking like five like like two like two percent five percent? Yeah, essentially the high, uh, uh, adjusting for spreads. Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. You're adjusting for like the the, the the bid ask spread is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. So so like the high of the candle, like like the ask on the high of the candle, right? Is that what you're saying? Exactly. So if, like okay. for example, I would set my stop to this high from this candle that we had here because this was the last touch to this yeah. resistance line. And then what I may do is give it a little bit of breathing room, just move it up a okay. tiny bit, but that's yeah. where my stop's going to be. I'm not going to move it up okay. too much from there. Okay. And and that's that's the full stop. That's not like a partial stop. That's just like the whole thing. That is, that is the full stop. If I see the position nice. starting to go against me, I may scale some of the position out incrementally. Nice. Um, nice. But that's the full stop. Do you ever do like you said? Your entire long term stuff is in crypto. Would you ever like buy any stocks long term? Do you have any long term stocks? 
Would I? Yes. Um, am I doing it now? No, but that's purely based on my own position. Um, just because I have a, a lot of conviction in crypto right now. So okay. I have some coins that I'm keeping an eye on. But once wait, wait, which cryptos? Um, I'm a really big fan of Ethereum. I'm a really big fan of some altcoins that not a lot of people know about, such as Nano. Uh, Veet is another one that I'm a really big proponent of. Never heard of that. <laughs> I, 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 I'm a mainstream guy. Give me some Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Solana, and I'm good to go. But Those are all I, great I, projects. Uh, Bitcoin is a maybe, but Ethereum and Solana are great <laughs> projects. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know anything about. It. I, I, I own it because I can't afford to not own it at this point, you know. Uh, but that's definitely not um, where my bread is buttered for sure. Uh, though I need to, I admit that I need to learn more about it. It's do you guys do a lot of crypto investing on this on this channel? Yeah, I mean, we've got like crypto people like like at this company that are like huge into crypto. Like I, the show after this is an NFT show. We got a crypto show every Monday and Friday. We do a lot with crypto. Just those guys know so much more about it than me. You leave it I, to them. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I like listen to them and let them guide me and let them be my Sherpa. But um, uh, yeah, I, it's it, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I don't like I, I still like have to understand like the fundamentals of the project. And if I don't, then I just a lot of it is just jargon to me. So that makes um, sense. And yeah, yeah, that makes total yeah. sense. If you don't have yeah. conviction in your idea, you shouldn't really be investing in yeah. it anyway. Right. For sure, for sure. Uh, all right, man. Uh, this has been it's been a lot of fun. Uh, do you have just any general um, lessons you've learned that, that you want to share? Uh, you know, just with, with 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 us or just with the audience here, just about what you've learned over the years and mistakes you've made and whatnot. Sure. Um, and it goes back to the first thing that we actually were mentioning, which is be aware of how much you're risking. Um, leverage yeah. is very dangerous if used incorrectly. So be aware of that. I highly recommend getting around like-minded individuals. That's why I really love OBR, not even just trying to push it because I work there, but because uh, the people there really help make trading a much more fun. And, you know, honestly, we perform better when we're collectively um, talking about ideas, going over trade ideas. So I recommend managing your risk, get amongst other people that are doing what you're doing and uh, keep watching these smart guys over here because staying up to date is very, very important. That's it. Logan. Pleasure to chat, man. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me on. It was nice talking Alrighty. to you guys. All right. It's fun. Get some new blood. I like having new guests on the show. Yeah, and I, what I'll say is there are a lot of kind of investing groups, discords, et cetera, that have popped up over the past couple of years when investing um, became in vogue. In vogue? Uh, in vogue? In vogue, whatever um, you want to say. Yeah. But OBR, to me, is is what you want in like uh, an investment community right like real ideas real strategies not just oh everyone's buying clover health today let's go buy clover health yeah like no yeah know the why right understand the why don't just follow the leader and what i would That's say dumb. like yeah and I, what i would want Same to take away from being in like a trading group like that is that you learn things to where you could turn the group off and take the things that you've learned and trade on your own. If you're relying on the group so much for ideas and what to buy, whatever, then it's not that helpful, right? It's like the whole give a man a fish versus teaching a man. It's a so fish. interesting. Like trading groups are not new. They've been around for decades. Like, a, like I think with the advent of like AOL, AOL until very recently, uh, you guys remember, remember AIM? Remember a AOL Instant Messenger? Yeah. They, AIM shut down, I think in like 2017. That late? Yes. Wow. And I, I know people that were still on AIM 
for purposes of their, that's where their community was, right? So the idea of a training community, like, like maybe you like see a group on Discord or wherever, and you think, oh, this is these are just a bunch of like like morons who don't know anything. But like, no, like training communities aren't aren't a new concept. They've been around f since the dawn of the internet. Um, and some of these guys, like the the first and, iteration of of people having like a hundred thousand followers on Twitter and just putting out stock picks, they those guys had like email newsletters back in the day. Yeah, yeah. In like the dot com exactly, bubble, exactly. Like, like they had like exactly. newsletters that they would send out, and those were like the pump and dumps back in the day. It's just the medium is different. Discord is a new platform, right? But it's the same idea. So I, trading is a very lonely game. Um, ask any professional trader; they'll tell you, lonely as hell. Um, I recommend finding, you know, whether it's you know Benzinga here, like like our community at Benzinga Pro is amazing. I, w I want to plug those guys, like the traders in Benzinga Pro in the chat, talking to our news desk, incredible community. But, like, find what works for you. You know what I mean? Find what works for you. But it is better to have one than I think not to have one. So um, good lesson in just not being – although I, I, I do want to say it's not always good to have um, people that just agree with you all the time. I, I, I prefer to have people disagree with me a lot because – it, tell, it gives me something else to think about. So, whatever. Let's do a quick check back in on the overall markets. And then after that, we'll do a crypto update. Yeah, um, we'll do those together. Okay. Um, it, it does, It we're still holding on to the gains, but things are just quiet right now. Like, I'm used to such drastic movements. Well, Powell is still going. I um, thought... He might have just... No, no, he's still going. Oh, yeah, he's still going. Um... I, I thought it'd be over like a half hour ago or an hour ago. What do I know? Um, so markets are quiet is what you're saying. Um, I mean, not quiet overall, but in the last, you know. A few minutes? Yeah. Okay. All right, where's my heat map? Let's get a heat map on the screen. Let's do our crypto update brought to you by Voyager. It's been a minute since the map looked like this. Hasn't it's been a few days? Mixed. Yes, it's been all red or all green. It's probably been a week or so since we've seen the map look, look like this. A very interesting dichotomy. Um, you know, uh, let's see. Bitcoin and ETH both like in the green, but clearly not with the same juice as they've had for the last couple of days. Um, we. It's been very interesting to watch. The performance of crypto this week because we're, we're seeing a, a real world use case uh play out in real time in russia as they get basically kicked out of the global financial system um that in theory would be a great catalyst for for crypto um still waiting for them to come out and say yeah we're doing this with crypto or that with crypto because if that were to happen if, if russia were to say anything about crypto and what they're doing Whatever coin they cite would, would blast. It would blast off. So uh, regardless, Solano is your big winner of the biggest cryptos today, up 3.8%. Biggest loser here on the map today is, um, oh, well, we got a few that are that are tied. We got Sheeb and we got um, what, uh, Cardano are both down more than 3% uh, as your big losers. Uh, Near Protocol, hovering around $11. Our old friend Near. Uh, as a reminder, the crypto update that we do, we do are brought to you by Voyager. 
Create an account at Voyager, fund your, uh, or open an account, use the code Zing, Z-I-N-G. Fund your account with 100 bucks, make a trade, and Voyager will send you $50, U.S. dollars, worth of Bitcoin. Once you open an account with that code, Zing. Check it out. Or, or not, and don't get the Bitcoin. It's up to you. Um, what are we talking about in the chat? I'm catching up now. We're gonna have Nick Shaheen on in like two minutes, guys. I love when Nick comes on. Nick is the man. Nick Nick runs our um uh, our options trading school. Uh, our, our I don't know what we call it now. Trading school, not the trading school. The inner circle. Yep. The, inner, the, the circle. inner circle. Nick basically is a is like a mentor to like a couple hundred traders. He's got his own community. Oh, I'm talking so about that. I'm so stupid. What what'd you do? I earlier there was a lady on here and I was like, what is on that lady's forehead? And I, oh, I realized you it's, Ash, it's Ash Wednesday. <laughs> it's Ash Wednesday. <laughs> oh, oh man. Happy Ash Wednesday. But hers wasn't like hers though. hers wasn't like a I don't know, it looked like just like a black smudge on her forehead. And then I saw the other guy with the cross. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Um I just need to take stock of, of, of things real fast. So I'm I'm gonna bring my watch list back up in Benzinga Pro and just very interesting to see growth sell off today. It, it, it was it was fun while it lasted, I guess. Although, maybe this is just a a, a fun little pullback to buy. So let's get this chart up. Forget, forget that. Let, let's pull up um, uh, Roku here as sort of your bogey, right? It's down six percent today. Maybe this is just a nice little pullback. I mean, growth has had a a nice. A nice couple of weeks, a nice week, right? Yeah, I don't know. I think, I mean, like, look, there's a lot of uncertainty out there right now. Um, what we are certain of is the Russian invasion. We saw leading up to that uh, a broad-based sell-off, and then on the news, actually, markets rebounded. I think as, as we're kind of um, navigating yeah. this spot we're in, I don't know how in favor... Like these growthy names are going to be right. Like even if even if people are buying, um, out there buying stocks, I, I think they're going to be buying names like Apple, like uh, you know, more value. Even if they're in the tech space, more value tech rather than growth tech. Yeah, yeah, and I I, I get the relationship between bonds too. You know, it's worth paying. We should pay more attention to the bond market, really. The, the, well, we, the, we, the, we, the relationship between bond between bond uh, bonds and stocks is and well. We, we've seen kind of a decoupling. I mean, like the the ten year yield today is down and growth is down as well. In the past, we've seen that inverse correlation, where uh, growth tech gets hit whenever bond yields go up. But on a day like today, where the overall markets are up, equity looks equities in uh, general look strong. Bond yields are down and growth is down. That to, that's pretty. That's interesting to me. Um, yeah, here, I, I just saw a comment in the chat about Logan Silver's Twitter. It's in the description, but I'll just put it in the chat real fast. One second. Uh, I got whoever asked about that. I got you. Thrifty. I got you, man. Whoa, that link is messed up. Give me, give me a second to give you a better link. Hold on. Do, 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 do. And then I see Nick lurking in the background. We can get Nick on here in just a sec. Um, do, 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 do. Oh, you know why Thrifty? Cause there's two. There's two R's. That's why. There it is. Cool. All right. Uh, it's one o'clock. 
And at 1 o'clock on Wednesdays over the week, we bring on Nick Shaheen, a.k.a. Nick the Troublemaker, a.k.a. the leader of the Benzinga Options Inner Circle, whatever we're calling it now. <laughs> it's got like three names as far as I know. Bottom line is if you want to be better at options, you want to learn more about options, Nick is your guy. Nick really is the guy. Nick is the guy that drilled into my head for years. Don't buy, don't buy, don't buy. I try to say that to you, but it doesn't, it doesn't work. Only sell, sell, sell options. Anyway, Nick, what's up, hey. man? Hey, hey, I'm here. I know. You did your hair. Looking good. No, I I bought a new computer. I installed it yesterday. And I <sighs> guess, you know, you move one thing at a time. And then the last thing I forgot was the camera. I was like, I'm turning it on. I was like, where's the camera? That's not working. So I, I literally yanked it out of the wall <laughs> and plugged it into the new PC. And it worked. Nice. Plug and play. Nice. Go nice. PC. There you go. All right, Nick. What what what's been dominating the uh, the options inner circle of these past few days? <laughs> I just had a little uh, back and forth. I said troublemaker because a lot of uh, the members are long oil for a while, and I've been uh-huh. saying, um, you know, on spikes on all time high on Chevron. If you're looking to invest in Chevron, that's not the right time. I wrote up to invest in Chevron in 2020 when they were paying eight and nine percent. Uh, respectively, the Chevron and Exxon. And they were literally half the price they are right now, less than half. Up here as an investment, it doesn't make sense. If you're a trader in and out, in and out, kudos. Yeah, the the rhetoric, wee. Uh, (laughs) The rhetoric is is working. But as an investment, so every time there's a green tick in oil, there's a handful of people among my people comes to me, jab, jab, jab. So... (laughs) (laughs) um, so we were having a little back and forth with that. And but you're not out here trying to trying to call a top in oil or call a top in Chevron, are you? I'm I'm going to say this confidently that I am confident you'll be able to buy Chevron cheaper than this this year. How about that? Is that a fair statement? So if you're investing in Chevron for the dividend, I think you're making a mistake. That's my opinion. The dividend is less than four percent now. You think that buying a stock at all time high on war global war rhetoric which is should be a unique scenario hopefully we won't have another one down the line i think that's an easy mistake to avoid potentially and so what if it runs from here 10 percent? i would rather miss out on 10 percent rally in chevron than be caught holding the bag this has never been higher oil was up here by the way in 2013, 2014, Goldman Sachs, Google it, called for $150 oil, and that was the top. Within weeks, 75% drop in oil. Within weeks. Look it up. Look at the look at the CL. How, how big of a drop? 70%. I mean, if you share, if you like me to share my screen, if you want me to share my screen, I'll show you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that'd be great. I, I can also pull it up uh, a chart of oil. But um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I actually was was looking to short uh, Chevron a, a week or two ago on this news when it came all the way up, but it, but it's just continued to move higher. I mean, like you said, I mean, it could go another ten percent higher. Maybe at that point, if it does at, go up, at go some up point, another... you're gonna say I missed it. <laughs> you know, uh, at some point, you're gonna say you, you have to be able to say, you know what, I missed this one. So if you want, I'll show you. Uh, are you can you see my screen i shared it yep let me go ahead and get pulled up there we go okay so this is oil right so when a yep. stock when a stock whatever this is when this chart does this i want to know what's left of here is this an all-time high 
some people told me it was an all-time high, all-time high on CF uh, and 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 Ford. I said, no, it's not. You got to look back. So they go weekly. Um, let me turn off all my my lines. So this is still not enough. Um, you go to monthly. Okay. So this is from 2008 correction. This is the uh, 2011 when gold crashed. And this is when right here, somewhere in here, Goldman Sachs, Goldman Sachs, among others, came out with papers. It's going to 150. So if you call, if, let's say from the closing uh, trade that month to the lowest closing, it's 68%. So this was 2016. I don't know what was going on in 2015 and 2016. Somewhere in the middle lies the truth. That's my opinion. So I am confident that I will be able to buy Chevron after this drop. So, uh, by the way, why is Exxon not an all-time high? I don't know. So there are some right. oil, there are some oil and gas companies that um, make money while the the price of oil is rising, and there are some that actually. Those two I, don't, I don't know if they lose money or if they if they just don't make as much. Those two companies are identical near identical they're both super committed to to uh the dividends they're both flush with cash they're both well run management never makes a mistake um so if you want to bet on oil stocks these are the two massive one the fxe which is a which is an etf 44 percent of it is those two so yeah maybe it's just people see see chevron as the leader over exxon i don't know that's a great question well exxon pays more dividends and Exxon said it would pay down debt instead of buying back shares, I think. Double check that fact. I thought I did. By the way, the S&P is poking at 4399, the ES futures. Um, that's the high from yesterday spike. If they take that out, that's a catalyst. Now, going into it the first time, they should dip a little bit. So by the way, I'm sharing my screens live right now. And there are some people waiting in the room. So I, uh, these are them. We have a couple hundred people. I had 240 this morning and then somebody crashed the system. <laughs> so they're watching this stuff. So I want to make sure that it's still within. Um, by the way, we traded DWAC today perfectly. Um, the Qs, Lucid, Tesla, everything. So hopefully you guys are having fun too because these wild markets. Is Powell done speaking? Um, I believe so. Let me double check. Yeah. It's not that important. I think they released this statement in the morning. Um, I just shared a video with three different setups. So what do you do during times like these? You you do it the ABCs. So I, I I just created a new acronym this week. The concept has been out there. I just finally tagged an acronym to it. The ABCs. So what what do I do on rallies like this? I use rallies like this to number one, buy insurance, add insurance if I need it. That's the A, add insurance if I need it. If yesterday, I, when the markets were falling, you're like, oh my God, I wish I had bought insurance. Okay, you got to reprieve. Uh, B, book profits fast. Perfect example. Yesterday, I said, I'm going long SoFi into the earnings. Boom, pops at the open. Book it. Uh, Roku was long into the pop. Book it. We locked it. I cannot lose money on Roku right now. I'm long Roku and I'm super happy about it. You're long Roku right now? Yes, and I'm making money with it because as soon as it popped, we, we went long Roku and then it rallied. And then I sold aggressive calls into the rally. So I locked my profits and I'm going to roll the call out. 
I may roll it down for this week and maybe roll it out. What that means is I paid $1.70 for the call. It's not worth, it was worth six yesterday. It's now still worth over four, but I've already sold and collected money. So my, my cost by the end of the day would be 25 cents maybe for that. It does look like just on like the intraday chart that Roku's got some uh, legs to run. I mean, we'll, we'll keep watching it, but this is one that got beaten down, got as low as about down 7% today and is now so Let me up. tell you how the Roku, we went long somewhere in here on this breakout. So if, if you didn't know, if you, if you had no headlines, this is normal price action. So the stock went from here to here. But let's let's just start from this one, from here to here. Giving back half is perfectly normal price action. And if you look left, that's the base from which it broke out. So that was the breakout. So if you caught this rally, you book profits like we did. Down here, you don't panic out. That is normal. They went back to footing. Boom, boom. Yep, the floor is good. They can come back up. If they take this out, they probably will take that out. And they will probably get to here with a lot of resistance here. So what I'm doing is I'm long March call at 145. This one somewhere here. But yeah, I just want to clarify because there's someone in the chat saying you sound like Kathy Wood going long Roku. Nick's going long for for a short no. trade. He's 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 going long on a swing trade for two. He doesn't care what Roku does or how much money I, they're going to make I, a I year from long, now. I went long on a breakout of a prior high. That's it. So I caught the dip on fundamentals. Roku grew its business and they hated it on the earnings report, I caught the dip because the earnings report was super strong, but they disappointed the people by saying this, um, the backlog of whatever components is gonna uh, cause TV to, to have fewer TVs coming out, which is where apparently Roku makes its money by selling operating systems for the TVs. So fewer TVs out there, fewer watchers, uh, fewer operating system income. So that's how they justifying it. So my, my thing is, but it's not obvious in the sales. The sales are growing at an exponential rate. So I bought the dip, made money. So now I'm long the 145 call for 18 days. I shorted calls for last week that died in my favor. So I collected money and that's in my pocket. They can't take it away. So my cost went from 170 to not 80 cents. Today I can sell next week's call for $1.50. So now I got paid to own that call, which is still worth four or five hundred dollars, right? So and my point was you, that unlike Kathy Wood, you're 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 trading this, you're in and out, whereas she's yeah. buying for, you know, five plus years or whatever down the road. Right. So I'm. Not, I in fact, if you know me for a while, I was the anti Roku guy because for seventeen years they've been in business, they were losing money. Finally, they started making money because now. The environment, because of Netflix, everybody's streaming. So now that's their playground. They were early. So kudos to them for being so visionaries. But I don't know, yeah. who, pay, I don't know who pays them what. But now I understand. Apparently, they do sell the back end. I had no idea. So I learned. Yeah, this I mean, all, 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 it's, it's all, a lot of a lot of B two B. Yeah, all the major uh, producers of like the actual hardware of TVs, whether it's Panasonic, Sony, whatever, they they partnered with Roku to get. Yeah. Because uh, in the past, you had to buy the Roku stick to have the software. Now, now you buy it directly within a smart TV. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that, that again, I'm, like, I'm looking at this. You have, you have a daily pulled up right now. I'm looking at like a five-minute chart. This is a weekly. I was going to make the same point, by the way, that uh, the technicals are agnostic. So I just showed you that other chart was, I think, a five-minute chart or maybe 10-minute chart. 
this is a weekly chart. So that goes back to 2018. Same concept. So the stock rallied and now it's back into testing a footing, the base area. Uh, so if you're long Roku and you panicked out here, you need to join Nick's group because that's not the place to leave it. It's falling into a very strong base that is lower than the pandemic. It fell below the pandemic low when the world was shut down. We had nothing going on in the pandemic. Again, nuclear option. Um, you get out. It didn't make sense. That's the 2018, 2019 high. Same with Netflix. Netflix fell below the 2018 high. So that was a catch, a catchable knife and it played out well. Uh, so you have to use some common sense. We are hostage to headlines. Use your common sense. I am allergic to headlines. Um, they literally make my skin crawl. And so I don't watch them. Like everybody's like, what did Biden say yesterday? It's like, I didn't even watch it. I'll read what mm -hmm. he said and make my own opinion. But it's not going to change my mind as to what a bargain was Roku when it fell on the fact that the report was bad. It is ridiculous how they, tr how, uh, <laughs> Okay, so you want a perfect reason why you shouldn't watch any of these headlines? Did you read the ADP report today? Nope. No, okay. no. Job, jobs report? No, I, 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 I was live when the number came out. And, oh, but I, my God. I hate, oh, I, I, I hate that number. It's been my least favorite number of all, I think. Oh, my God. I mean, where is it? I had, I had a... Oh. God, I hate anyway, that. I can't find I hate it. that number. So you should look at it. Okay, so I'm looking at the report and it came out like 400, uh, 400 whatever the number was, a positive yeah. 400,000 new jobs. And then I clicked on the link. To, it said last was 509. I was like, wait, wait, last was minus 300,000. No, they revived, they revived yeah, last month. That's how they get you, Nick. They well, revised. No, well, they get me. They should be freaking fired and never be allowed to be do another report ever again. Last you go month from it was, was three hundred and fifty thousand. I know. Or whatever I know. I know. I, I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you. Last it, month was such a surprise because there was a huge discrepancy between ADP's numbers and what the actual numbers I'm were. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking the discrepancy between ADP itself. You right. I, right. No. Okay. Okay. It's it, not. They're imagine. not the only. They're not the only ones though. They're not the only ones. It, it's no, frankly. No, no. The, but my point is, they're all like this. Why are you watching them? Who's waiting for this report and acting on it? Is Powell acting on this garbage report? C computers are the answer to that question. Computers no, are no, waiting on No, but I'm saying from a fundamental basis, uh, who's acting on this information? Like, is Powell looking, oh, my God, we lost 300,000. We better hold off on the on the rate hike. And then the next month he comes out, like, holy crap. No, we had a million more jobs than 800,000 more, 800, more jobs than we thought we did. Who's I, acting I, I, on this look, information? I, I, this information oh, we, 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 did, we did just get a leg up. Did we pass through that number or that level in the SPY that uh so now if you're active in the spy here's your i did the plan for the spy this morning this was my plan for my people this is a 30 second chart so i shared this on several at several periods of time so i said you buy the dip into uh -oh. any of we these lose nick we lose no nick. no no wait rohan fix it what no no oh, never mind no, all right you know okay. you're back sorry okay <laughs> <laughs> rohan <laughs> we're, we're good we're good look we're how good. accurate the, the, these guys are right so the breakout was this it played out and then it went back to base if you panicked at base you made a mistake you need to join my group then it does this 
And now they broke out from here. Guess what? They might come back to test first 438 plus or minus 20 cents. And that second, anything below 438.2 is a viable dip on the assumption that they are testing for footing. So they will do something like this. So let's say this is a head and shoulders. You see it? Let's say they do this. Yeah. Okay. And then somewhere here, you can get long. And then they'll try to claw their way back up to here. So if, if you follow this logic all day, the trades are available. And that's what I'm doing here for ben, for everybody, actually, in my group. And I usually get between 220 and 260 all day, every day in here, trying to catch moves like this. The cues was easy. This morning, I did an inverse head and shoulders. Check it out. Look, this was published this morning. I've got proof. I've got 200 people witnesses, and I've shared it. Look at it. Target. If you got long here, you're not listening to Nick. So my people got long here. They probably booked here or here. So now if it falls back to here, you can get long for an intraday opportunity. This is a one minute chart, nothing fancy. Yep. So look at it. I drew this arrow earlier, almost dead on. So luckily machines are in charge. And that makes them. Oh, oh yes. So how very lucky for us? How if you're if you're looking at the cues or looking at spy right now, and you can see some strength. Powell is speaking. We're looking good in the afternoon. How can you? What would sign for you? That's a reversal to you. That top. I was going to ask. What's the sign for you that we're going to reverse back to the So, so you, you call it a reversal. I'm or just, just calling it price action. Okay. So right here, I see a head and shoulders. If they take a lower low, they're going to go to here. My guess. You buy the dip to swing it back up if you're an active trader. Now, not everybody can do this. I can't do this because I'm doing this for everybody else. So I just messed mine up, by the way. I just, right here, being on the show, I needed to book my profit, and I'm not, I'm not there. Sorry. So, And it expires today. But here's, here's the slower setup. I shared it earlier. This is the small caps, RUT. I did a whole write-up with it. And let me see if I remember the words. I said the RUT has... A, a resistance from today and yesterday's highs. And I gave two values. But the resistance can become a catalyst if they take them out. It looks like they took one out and they're trying to take the second out. But here's the note that is tradable for a slower trader. Um, the bears will fight for this. And the note is, if you can take both out, then you may have an opportunity to run 100 points. This is the RUT, so IWM would be the equivalent. Um, and then the target would be here, with a lot of resistance levels here, here. So, and also you have to recognize there's a note here, overall the bears are still in charge. So the, look, they're selling rallies overall. So you have to respect that. That's why the bears will fight for this hard, but that's available. So if, I, if you're saying you wanna swing trade the opportunity into Friday, that's a guide. So if we close, this is one hour chart. If we close above this level here, uh, 2060 to round, it looks good. They'll do this. They'll fail here. Why here? Because that's what they failed. That's where they failed before. And they'll come back and take it out. They'll fail here. Very important. I'm telling you where it's going to be important if that path were to be followed. So plan your day like this. Plan your week like this. Have a morning chat saying, hey, this is what happens. Uh, today this is what my plan is today and then i just shared a video with three different setups i said i can't trust anything so i don't want to engage more risk but there are three yeah. setups that i kind of like the fxe 
MJ, and PEN for three separate different reasons. The FXE, that's basically the euro versus the dollar on a weekly basis. Um, weekly, that's monthly. It looks like it's bottoming into support. Powell can change that with his words. If he's loose with the rates, then this should bounce. If he's tight saying, oh, half point or whatever, this will suffer more, fall to here. Luckily, it's only like $1.40 to participate in an April call at the money, 103. Um, the opportunity is to get a run to 108 with a lot of resistances in the way, but that's the opportunity. And how do I get there? This is a harmonic pattern. I'm not an expert in harmonics. This is from harmonictrader.com. Scott Carney is the guy. Thanks, Scott, for lending me this tool. Then you have to look at internal strength, relative strength index. So see how I blended some fundamentals, but I don't do anything without looking at the charts. And if you're an active trader, admit it. Trade the action. Uh, if you're a slower trader, admit it. Trade the swings. Roku was a slow trade. I'm actively managing it. But the way to do what I did was, would be to book your profit at the open whenever you got the big pop. It was a massive three, four hundred dollar uh, win. So a um, percent win. Who doesn't book the, the, the profits? I, I think in this yeah. environment, the ABCs, you add protection, you book profits sooner than you would later uh, than you would under normal circumstances. That's that's a must. Um, and, and you have to also close your problem children. So if, um, if I had a trade like this morning, I was long the XSP and the pop got me back to even from yesterday. Thank you. I got out. Even though it ran after I did the right thing by getting out and I will do it again next time. I, I'm going to put the link guys to, well, there's, there's a few links, but, um, one of them is a link to Nick's to join Nick's inner circle, basically, um, and and I and this link also gives you a uh, twenty twenty five percent off discount. I'm gonna put that in the chat, so everyone check that out. If you uh, Nick is live in his for his people every single day, he's live on our show, you know, uh, on every other Wednesday, but he's live on for his people all, basically all day every day. So there is that link. I'm gonna I'll pin it. It's in the description as well if you're watching on uh, whatever Twitch or, or uh, Twitter or whatever. But um, check uh, check that that link out. I just put it in the chat. So uh, that's how you that's that's how you get more of Nick. Nick, um, you said you checked out the uh, Van Gogh exhibit. The what? Oh. Van Gogh. <laughs> no, <laughs> the Van Gogh exhibit. What was that a joke? I I thought you you posted something in the in the options in a circle chat on Benzinga Pro about. That wasn't me. Wasn't you? Someone else then? No, no, no. no. I'm not an artsy fartsy guy. No, I do appreciate some art, but um, no, I haven't gotten out of my stinking chair in a while. So I'm plastered here um, because I see results. Like in in the chat room. um, So this this here, what I keep popping up. This is my own doing. A few months ago, I said, I wonder what would happen if I share my screen live. Would they be interested? And suddenly, I have you know hundreds of people in here, Mm -hmm. and every day people are making like immediate profits because uh, the opportunity for profits because of this stuff. Like what time I drew this when we were here, right? It's pretty representative of what's going on with the price, right? So would you be impressed if by the time I leave, it does exactly what we just drew? It's it's not magic. It's just what is happening. It's almost self-fulfilling prophecies. So 
if you can benefit from all of this, it's so much fun to do it with the hundreds of people in the room and not one jerk, uh, I promise. So don't trade alone. All right, all right, okay, okay. I, I I see the comments that the link is broken. Give me one second. I'm fixing it. I'm fixing it. I see. Um, it. I also Nick. Someone asked us to look at Ford. Also, I uh, I looked back in the chat. It was because someone in the chat in Options Inner Circle's name is Racer X. Oh, since your X, name okay. is Nick Racer, I thought <laughs> it was you, but it wasn't okay. you. It was this guy Racer X. No, it's not me. Racer X is um, a character. So yeah, he's a lively character. He contributes. He Everybody contributes. Van Gogh. I have I have uh, one of them called Sandman. Uh, he's like a hawk. So uh, three days ago he comes in. I think I see a one minute uh, bearish pattern on the SPY. Really? I jumped in. It's like, oh yeah, I see it too. Let's do it. Boom boom. We played it in the morning. The day was green after the fact, but we shorted the SPY based on Sandman's eyeballs. So the more Sandmans we get in our chat room, the better. Don't trade alone. That's what Reddit taught us, right? Don't trade alone. I'm not doing, you know, stonks. I, look at it. I mean, are you impressed at this this guy right there? I mean, it's just normal price action. Please, someone confirm with me that the, that the link I put in the chat works because I just, I just pasted it again. And I, if it doesn't work, then I'll, I'm done here. But I mean, I. I just pasted another link, and how hard can it be to get a link to work properly? So, confirm for me, someone that the that the link I put in the chat that uh, like, takes you to the next product uh, works. So, so, Nick, I know you. I know headlines make your skin crawl. And you're allergic, but can oh, we yes. look at Ford's chart real quick? And Ford did have a headline this morning. Ford. Oh yeah, well, uh, love it. Just uh, that they are no, nothing important. Nothing important. <laughs> The answer to that question they are separating their ev business from its actual business they're not well that was it last off. night that was last night well, yeah but they confirmed it this morning i don't know either way last okay, night this so morning I know the stock's why. up six percent i i know why because uh first of all for the group i recommended ford long under eight bucks it was seven and change uh, same <laughs> with ge so well, we're about a year away from that now right no i understand but uh, i know that because i have people in the group that love it and somebody made money with it today. They had like 100 contracts. They paid six cents for them. They closed them for 35. So that's a lot of money. Now, here's the thing with Ford. If you don't go to a monthly chart, you chase it at the wrong st spot. So I promise you, I must have answered it maybe 30, 40 times. Is it time to go along Ford? No, no. Even if you miss 10, 20, same with Chevron, same thing. This is an easy mistake to avoid. Because these people have been stuck there since 1999, and actually 1998. You come here and bail them out. That's not the right thing to do. Now, here's my plan for Ford. Um, I don't like the fundamentals at all. And this is where I, I was told I'm sounding like Kathy, but that was my own logic. Them switching to EVs is a hideous thing. I think it's going to hit their PL in a monstrous way. I would not be surprised if they spun it out to a completely different company because the transition into PL is going to be, it should be bad because the profits now, the gross margins are already bad. Tesla's gross, gross margins are twice as good as Ford and GM. And um, these guys don't know how to do it profitably. So you're t the Ford Mach E is not going to attract a Tesla buyer, is not going to attract a GM buyer. Uh, and it's just going to take away, from, most likely, um, forward buyers. 
So you're taking a would have been Ford buyer of something profitable that you know how to do into a Ford buyer of something that you're trying to get going off the ground. I that's don't think interesting. that's interesting. I've never, I've well, wouldn't, I mean, why wouldn't it attract a GM buyer? Isn't that, isn't that the same thing? Uh, <laughs> my son is a GM guy and you couldn't pay him to drive a Ford. Yeah. People <laughs> so, have, people have loyalty uh, yeah. to, I, I guess I don't, I'm not really a car guy. So I don't really know. Yeah. So but, uh, there might be some, but it's not waves. So in, in other right. words, they're, they're more likely cannibalizing. I'll give you the perfect example, Macy's. The Macy's online adventure was bungled because of that. They took their own foot traffic out of a profitable store into an unprofitable sale online. The transition was horrendous, and you saw the results in the chart. The Macy's stock got decimated. I, I, think, time, I think time will tell because I think 100% in the short term, if the margins are lower for EV vehicles, it's not great. But in the long term... I mean, it, it, so, right now, for for companies that don't invest in EVs, they might be obsolete in 20 years. So I don't disagree. That's why I'm saying I like Ford, but not at these levels. I, I think we might get a chance to get it at 14, under 15. So why take Ford? If Ford is rallying, so is the market. Why take the chance on Ford? So always say, OK, what else can I do with this money? I mean, I like Ford. I, I, I want a good American company to do well. But look, these are, are tough resistance lines. And you take these out, these are even tougher. This gap is not easy. So gaps are attractive because there's a hole in the volume of, of the stock. There's no hole here. Look at these two. These two lines is where the, there was the most action in the stock since last May. That's what the, this orange line means. So this area here has the most interest. So if the stock is rallying, it's going to hit a lot of resistance and faith. Yeah, it, it, interest means just supply, in, in other words. It's right? overhead so. potential action. So let's say here the, the buyers are more avid. Say so they buy, 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 sell, buy, 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 sell. It's going to hit yeah. here. They love it, both of them. Buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell. It, so price action likes to fill gaps. This is a, a gap. Look, you have a mountain of volume here, a mountain of volume here, and then an interest in the middle where it is. So it's kind of stuck. If they can overcome this, they can get to here, but not much further. If they fall, they can get to here, but not much lower. So why? I wouldn't mind doing an iron condor on it if there is enough premium, but there isn't. Can we uh, go back to Chevron real quick? Because it does look like Chevron's trying to come back up to its... Um, pre previous highs of the day, which were also previous all time all, all time highs. Uh, where would you be interested? I mean, like if this went up another, I know you threw ten percent out there earlier. I mean, is that when you'd be interested in buying some puts on it or shorting Chevron? Or at what I, point? If it didn't pay dividends, I would sell a call spread. But it pays dividends, and that creates a problem. So, a call spread is where it's a bear call spread. You sell a call and you buy a call above it, you collect a premium. If the stock closes below that uh, call you sold at the time of expiration, um, you won. You don't need it to drop. You just need it not to go through your call spread. Why However, is their dividend so problematic? Because if you're short a call that is close to the money, money on X dividend day, and I don't know when is X dividend day, uh, you will wake up to a nasty surprise. <laughs> they will stick you with the position of short the stock, and then you would owe the dividends to somebody because you essentially sold the stock you don't own 
but you need to pay somebody the dividends with, to which they're entitled. Got it. <laughs> so read yeah. about it. There might be some nuances there, but it only applies to short calls in the money or near the money. It doesn't have to be in the money. It nothing, on- it, really what it comes down to is nothing in life is free, even dividends. So you, here's, here's, a, here's an advice. <laughs> a lot of people try to do it. You cannot game dividends with options. I promise okay. you. Don't That's try. Good. You'll get you'll get hurt. You cannot game dividends with options. That's good. Um, awesome. So okay, you want the next level up? So the S and P is trying to break out. So if you take the high of day, you're going to have about fifty to sixty five cents available. If you're fast trader, uh, so these are 30, 30 second charts. Um, I usually have four of these. I have 15 seconds. Boom. There it goes. Yep. <laughs> so, Just broke high a day. Wow. So look at my arrow and look at the actual price action. Where's my mic? <laughs> my flare. <laughs> Why does nice. Nick have a flare on his desk? I have no idea. Wait, wait, wait. There was a question before. Hold on. Uh, before, before I lose it. Oh gosh, it was about the indicator. Oh yeah, the the horizontal lines price by volume. Uh, what's that called in trading view? Q wants to know. Uh, the orange one. Okay, it's called I, the point I, yeah. of control. P O C. It only means that this is the the. I'll explain it to you. But I'm serious about these lines, even the jagged things. Look, boom, boom, those two jagged things. So let's go back to that P O C. Um, so this line here. So all these bars down here their volume, they tell you when the actual volume happened on that day, on that day, on that day. It's not very useful information to me. So these bars right here, that's the same information, except they tell me where it has happened. For example, these are just happening here for the first time. There's not much, right? Whereas he, this, this bar is super busy, but I don't care if it happened um, in December or last summer, yep. it will show up. So. People who traded it last summer up here, uh, there are some people who traded it here. Uh, that's the same level. Maybe a decade ago, maybe these also these are all also in there. And this adapts to the vision. So if I zoom out, it just adjusts it. So over time, since this is uh, 2011, this is the most interesting area for the market. Not my opinion. That's what the market is telling you. So let me go to a monthly chart and let's get smart with this. So this is in basically 2003 on. Look at all the volume that they just cleared. This look at the size of the volume here. The busiest spot is 106. So 110 to 106 should stay on your radar. What does that mean? Let's whoops. Let's say one day Chevron crashes and you're you're exiting around that area, you're making a mistake. This is a historical uh, area of interest, it's going to find support. So keep that on the way down. Um, so my answer on Chevron is if you're an investor investing in a company for the dividends, I suggest you look at Triple M or AT&T. Triple M is the same price as Chevron, I believe. Maybe Exxon, I was thinking. No, Chevron. No, it's the same. Yeah, it's a little cheaper okay. than Chevron right now. So $150. It's at lows company is still a solid company. It's a defensive stock. We are in turbulent times and it pays about the same uh, dividends as Chevron, 4%, probably more than Chevron. So why on earth would I want to chase this one? Um, Because this one pays me 3.8, but big whoop, 
if it has if it falls back to test the the, the floor clearly there's something other than investment going on here there's something other than short squeeze can you imagine chevron and a short squeeze i don't know enough about that stuff mm. maybe you into it and uh, why is it why is it not the, exxon i don't so know how exxon, uh, if you want to trade the chevron trade chase exxon above here on a monthly basis i mean on the daily basis this is one day chart if you take this out technically technically you could get to a hundred and some dollars technically what one one percent of chevron shares are sold short that ain't that ain't enough to yeah, cut so it for a short something is happening with chevron maybe maybe somebody knows something like they have right. invested in a battery production company or something maybe then I that would explain it i should clarify but, that one percent data figure is, is is a little bit old but it's so got, here so. this is this is exxon also a fine company a fine investment at the lows so technically this breakout happened here and this should have been the target of it. So being close to this, now this same pattern repeats from here on up, only on a bigger scale. The upside potential will be from here to here, from here to ooh, <laughs> $20, $30. So you would break above $100 if they take this with force. What will get us there? Another 150 oil will keep the straight going. Um, so my job is to tell people that is a potentially a mistake that's it i'm not saying um i shorted oil last week and it worked for a day and a half for two days thursday spiked on the goldman sachs 150 call i i bought a put in uso uso dropped the put went up 40 or 50 percent i sold puts against it so i locked my profits the next day it continued lower and then the next day after it popped and i never looked back so if somebody didn't stop out, they lost money. But if somebody did what I did, they made money or broke even. So that was fun to do for a couple of days. But I wouldn't fight this. Uh, they say don't fight the tape. I don't have to chase it, but I don't have to fight the tape. Here I am talking about it almost half my day. And, and there's <laughs> nothing to do here unless you're a trader. If you're an investor going into it, then you know something I don't. And that's a possibility. There's total possibility that somebody knows something about Chevron. Like, um, I don't know. Are they in? Yeah, but it's not. It's not specific to Chevron. I mean, you look at look at BTU. No, it is specific to Chevron. That's an all-time high breakout that is pretty freaking phenomenal. Where, why isn't Exxon up there too? Well, can we yeah. pull up BTU's chart real quick? Peabody yeah. Energy. Yep. But uh, so it's not all. It's not all-time highs because if you put on monthly candles and you go back far enough, you can see this stock was higher in in 2018. But it's highs of the last three years btu is a breakout on a monthly chart if they can close this month above here don't be short btu technically it can come to here but again it's all under why are they all running together ask yourself that um because energies well because it, it's maybe nick you hate to hear this but it's all tied to the same macro headline right now right that's my point that's my point okay. The okay. macro headline is World War Three. One, how likely is that to happen? In my opinion, zero. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, that's the thing about betting on. Someone said that once, and I like that saying. If you bet on the end of the world, you're only going to be right once. Right. You'll be wrong so every other time. Saying, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think it won't happen. What's yeah. the letdown from that uh, argument? And then the second one is, even if it does happen, we're already here on that headline. What is the likelihood of 
a bigger headline to get us the whole way to 150 and and this one up there it might happen but it's a risky trade it's definitely not an investment my mom is up in her 90s if she says i'm looking to invest in chevron if somebody says yes it's a good idea that somebody should lose their license if they're if they're a licensed uh, cfa or something because what no it's not an obvious investment it is a trade and it's a winning trade but to start an investment at these levels is reckless there are better things i would rather be in a stock like facebook and zoom that are down at pandemic levels or lower from a trade from an investment perspective a starter position in one of these makes more sense to me a starter position in upstart at 75 makes more sense to me risky stock <laughs> unrisky situation chevron not risky stock risky situation i hope that comes across so upstart definitely a wild stock at 75 was a no-brainer starter position chevron not risky stock risky position makes sense i have nothing against chevron or exxon they're great companies i wrote articles about them they're viable but not up here when I wrote the article, it was literally 40 bucks or whatever it was. It was in the pandemic. I was like, uh, that that's a no brainer right there. Um, sorry for, uh, in this, in the chat spy, uh, spy bodice, Ben was on an hour, 40 minutes ago. Uh, just so you can rewind for that. Um, guys, Nick Shaheen, this is what he does all day. Okay. All day, every day. Uh, I put the link to his inner circle or to sign up for it. And to be clear, Nick, your inner circle is an extension. It, it's a it's an added bonus in Benzinga Pro. Yeah, it, it's an add-on, right? It's an add-on. Inner, yes, yes. yes the, the, the Benzinga Pro tool itself is fantastic, and I have right. it open here. I'm pretty sure. Um, the inner circle is I have my own chat room for my people in there, right? So they can chat with me there, and there are some that would want more, and that's what I added. These what you're looking at. I have. 21 to 24, it depends. They keep asking for them, I add. So we have Shopify. I helped some people with that this morning, Affirm. Um, ArcK, I updated the potential scenario there. Roku, we talked about, Lucid. Uh, so yes, this is bonus on top of the bonus <laughs> of the inner circle. And I share a trade a day with videos. Yesterday, I shared two trades. Today, I shared three trades with videos and write-ups. Um, not that there, it's a trade alert. I'm showing you how I would set things up. And if you ask me about a ticker, I answer it. So let's say, let's say whatever the cost is, I don't know what it is, um, break it up over a year and decide, okay, how much is that worth for, hey, Nick, I'm looking to do this trade. What do you think? Or, hey, I'm, I'm upside down on this call. What do I do? Sometimes there's stuff to do. Other times it's too late, um, but we learn. So it's a learning experience awesome. and a resource. You come in and... You know, somebody today had a dark pool source that I don't have. So they were contributing. I have people who do gamma. I don't do. They're contributing. Uh, some people watch volumes. I don't do that. They're contributing. I do watch volumes profiles, but not volume size on moves. Uh, that's, you know, whatever you do, you have to specialize in it. And by the way, if we get a new high of day, you get to that um, number I alluded to earlier. So so this All is right. doable don't short the spy <laughs> that's the bottom line here uh nick we'll talk to you again in a couple weeks as always again the link in the uh link to his inner circle is in the chat it's pinned 
and it's also in the description of the video. Uh, Nick, thanks for coming on with us. Sorry right. for the ooh, I'm Mediterranean blood that boils real quick. <laughs> yes, I know. Later. Later. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I want to talk about Rivian here quickly. Um, Rivian's getting smacked around today. Uh, a report from Electric, which is a pretty reliable uh, EV uh, news source, um, that on the heels of Rivian raising their prices, they're getting a lot of cancellations. Uh, let this be a lesson to everyone, and I'm speaking to myself as much as all of you, that um, reservations don't mean jack. Reservations mean nothing. In the in the world of electric vehicles, you you what what you you get on the reservation list. So what? So what? You you can cancel whenever you want. So apparently that's what's happening here today with Rivian. They're getting a lot of cancellations. Rivian, I mean, it's it's not entirely their fault. They're dealing with increased input costs, so they're having to raise prices, and and that's what's happening here. Um, but it goes to show that anytime a company tries to, and it's not just for EVs, it's for anything too. But, but let's let's say this this applies to any business that is relying on reservations so space travel whatever reservations don't mean anything until the the money has been paid okay that's all that matters is until money has been paid and the product has been delivered or service whatever um that's it can we let, let's put to rest the the reliance on on reservations from here on out and and in, in a similar vein i've been meaning to bring this up for a while we're a few days late on this but apparently, i don't know if this is true but apparently electric source was a reddit poll no i saw the reddit poll in the article mango i don't think that was the only source unless i i will admit that i read it very quickly i could be wrong um Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. If that's the case, then come on now. However, I have been meaning to bring up this chart now for a while. This was out uh, in the WSJ last week. This was They had a pretty good article on in the world of EV SPACs or former SPACs, right? EV companies that went public via SPAC. The, the, the light blue line is the original company revenue projection for 2021. And the dark blue line is their actual projection or their actual number. Okay. So you can see that these companies that are all public, by the way, gave incredibly generous guidance in their going public offerings with respects to revenue, which translates directly to, from, from deliveries, obviously. And no one is is living up to those expectations. I think we all learned a big lesson from the the SPAC movement of uh, late 2020, early 2021, and that was um, there needs to be some sort of regulatory catch up here, right? The the reason that a lot of companies use go through public through SPACs is it's easier for them. It's it, it's less strenuous for the company, but the IPO process, for all its flaws, um, 
it works in other ways, right? There are good things about it. One of the good things about it is you're not allowed to give forward-looking guidance on in your IPO offering. You're not allowed to say things like we're going to have $200 million in revenue when you actually report $50 million, right? Noticing Rivian's not on this list, though, because they weren't a SPAC? This is only for Rivian's too new. Okay. This is, they're, they're, they haven't been public, public long enough yet. Um, and also, they 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 weren't a they were, I don't think they were a spec. No, they weren't. Yeah. So, anyway, I've been wanting to bring that up for a while. It's been it's been on the dock to, to look at. I'm um, selling my LNG right here. Now? Yep. Okay, go for it. While you do that, let's bring on Jessica Kaler from Elite Trading. He joins us every Wednesday normally when we don't get our signals crossed. Jesse, what's up, man? Yeah, you know, we have those from time to time, but how are we doing, guys? It's all good. It's all good. How's your day? How's your week going? Oh, it's going great. Um, Really been listening to a few of the people out there and what they're saying when the traders out there when this whole week and really, like I told you you guys, the last couple weeks went to a lot of cash trading with a lot less risk and pretty much just um, honoring my system, which is keeping where you know go to my levels have my stop loss have my target in place and then really for me it's been um what's been working is just not really necessarily staring at the charts like i normally do i've been kind of being a little more relaxed on my plays because i'm putting on less risk but i'm being more um confident in the setup and letting it it's not they're not happening as fast as they were at at one point the, the moves that i'm looking for but still doing pretty good uh had the good trade in uh, Facebook today and Apple. We I posted in the chat during uh, when Mitch was in there and had a couple of good trades in there. I was going to go over those and kind of show. Yeah, let, let, why let's talk I about that. Where. Yeah, let's talk, let's talk about it. Um, so during the morning session, you could see that they were obviously doing doing well. I, I saw this double bottom right here, and I was like, well, maybe this is a good point to take a stab at um, Facebook if they go above this 204 here where they kept on hitting and once it broke out i got in right around 204.80 like 205 or 205-ish right in there and i only took it for a dollar and i'm just looking for quick one dollar plays on pretty much everything that's all that's what i did on apple as well and the way that i set it up was i just looked at that previous low on the 15 minute charts so let me go to the 15 minute and you can see where the risk reward comes into play it was like right around there so yeah something like this so it was i had a little bit more risk on than i wanted i think initially but no that, that's why it looked like this right here and when it broke above this i had the stop right there below the previous green candle there take that dollar and get myself out as of now it's sitting right above i think i got out maybe 60 cents less than this where it's sitting okay. now so at this point for for some traders this would have been a good trade if they just didn't put a profit uh, target on and you take this one off that way you, you know mm-hmm. you could just have that stop in place and let it run on this trade i would say that that, that might have been a good play just because of how um how much we've come down on facebook and now we're leveling out on an upward move you know so this one does have a good chance i think to break out to at least 220 215 ish in the next uh okay. week or so all right and then, and then the other one was Apple, right? Apple, yeah, right. When it broke um, 165, 
I took a quick entry looking for a dollar. I said, hey, it's at 165. It breaks 165. I'm getting in for a dollar. It broke right here at 165. Got my dollar right around there and got out at 166. Well, wait, what was it about that at 165 again? It's the same thing as what happened to Facebook. See this move here where you're, you're, you're getting a bottom action here. You're getting something of a, of a, a bigger risk yeah. low for me. But then when it came and broke out of this where it was cons- you know, consistently coming down, once it broke out of that, that's when I wanted to enter on the breakout and then hopefully okay. just, tar- just capture a little bit of that move. Okay. Nice. And you have your defined risk, which for me is that previous mark right here where you see the, the wicks come down, wicks come down, wicks come down. Well, this is going to be where I want to stop out because if it breaks that, I have a feeling it's going to come back down and look for this 163 low. And I don't want to put my wrist down there because then if you see this, this changes a lot more red than there is yellow. So you bring sure, this right, sure. you bring this up here. Yeah, you don't want to do that. And then you see that ratio of a 1.24. And that way, you know, if you're a new trader, the reason why you want to do the trades like this is typically you want to have a, at least a two to one uh, setup because that way you can lose twice to every victory. But sometimes you got to have, if you're not putting on a lot of risk, you can tighten it up a little bit on your ratio for profit loss targets. But uh, other than that, I had to play on SoFi. I am still in this, but I am, um, <laughs> I'm like break even. I think my, I think I'm, my cost base is 1186. And yeah, SoFi's given up a lot of its gains today. Almost oh, shocker. Almost was thirteen dollars when dog. it opened this morning. What a dog! But I said oh, I man. said a trade here at eleven. I think I have eleven forty eight as a stop, and then I have the target of twelve forty seven. Um, or no, sorry, twelve twenty seven is what I I posted, and that would be right around there. So just a a very minimal loss if I don't if I'm not right, and if I'm right, you know, very minimal gain. 20, 30 cents on $11 stock. Some people are like, man, I don't, I heard, I think someone in the chat said, I don't wake up for uh, 20 cents, but you know, you buy, dude, the, hey, dude, buy a thousand shares and you, you trade that seven times in a week, you're making some money. Yeah, there's no, there's no such thing as, as too small of a win. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, t- t- tell that to the, the, the high freaks out there that, 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 you know, make trades to make a half a quarter penny. You know what I mean? And do that ten thousand times a day. So there's no such thing as too small a win. So, but so I, I like I like this mindset, Jesse. So, like as you said off the top, you really haven't taken a lot. You've taken two, uh, three trades today. You said right? Yeah, and I'm done. Um, that's and, and and you're done. How do you know you're done? I had two winners, and I got one that's open. That where if I lose, it's going to be high. I'm still going to end in profit for the day. And if I win, then it's going to be a, a, a good profit day. And the, and my portfolio, I was I'm up one percent in my trading portfolio today. So that's if I can do one percent, um, thirty to sixty trading days a year, then I'm doing okay as long as my that's, loss is half percent. You know, that's it, day. man. So it's that's, just all about. Yeah. I, I really think about compound interest a lot. And I think about the fact of how much your money can be worth in, you know, three years, five years. And a lot of times people get caught up in wanting to, to catch a big move, but really you can have a lot more moves by, or you can have a lot more um, progress by just looking and targeting small, tiny percentages, fractions of the alpha, not all the alpha, just little bits. Yeah. And it all will add up because eventually your 1% of 1,000 turns into 1% of 10,000, 
100,000, yeah. yeah. a million. 100%. Then you're trading like 100%. Triple D and you got to get three cents and you're making your day. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, let's, let's not, we don't, you don't got to hold out for that 20% gainer on, you know. No, come on now. If you want to do this, make it repeatable, nothing wrong with a 1% win, 2% win. Some of my favorite trades were like, I eat, I eat down a you know one percent or two percent or three percent gain. I was like pretty happy with myself. So, um, yeah, I, I love it. And 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 even though you said things are a little bit slower to develop, so so you're not pressing. You're, you're no. just sort of chilling. And I've literally been setting uh, like this SoFi play. So it was up here in the pre market where I yeah, when yeah. I when I looked at it, it was like thirteen dollars. And I said, okay, well if it gives me a seventy five percent pullback, I want in. Well, look at the 75% pullback from here to here is right here, right? 1186. Yes, That's where I put my target to buy at 11 at, at 850 this morning. And I put, okay, if it comes back down to 1186, I have a stop out right here at 1115. I'm doing a 75% or 70 cent loss, 75% cent loss, trying to get a 75 cent gain when I initially got in. I lowered my target to 1127 because i saw that they could not break through vwap and i was like you know what i if, if it breaks vwap i'm probably not going to get the full 50 cents maybe i'll get half of that which is 27 percent or 27 cents 25 cents in that area and a lot of times i'm 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 looking for percentage moves on the time frame that i'm looking at so if you're looking at this 15 minute time frame all i care about is one two three four five six seven these these candles i don't care about anything that happened in the last six months two days three days four days because this is what i'm trading off of i'm trading off of what's happening now and the same people that were buying it all the way up here that sold it all the way down they're probably willing to buy it for you know a 75 or a two dollar discount on a day where it ran up to 13 and now they're not going to be trying to look for it to go back to 1350 that's what the new traders are thinking well it could come back all the way to this high you're just looking to get a part of the move back if it even gives you any Great thought process, seriously. Super sound, super low risk, repeatable. Love it. Big fan. Um, and to the chat, speculating about someone buying SoFi. SoFi is a $9 billion company, guys. It's pretty, it's pretty large. I'm not they're sure going to be here in 10 years, in my opinion. I, I'm, I'm not sure. And they're going to be doing sure, some big things. I'm not sure. Like, are, are you saying, like, I guess a... And they're profitable. A, I, guess, I guess that's a drop in the bucket. It, it is a drop on the bucket for a Visa or a MasterCard or an Amex, but... Uh, this, uh, anyway, I, I'm I'm in SoFi and uh, no intention of selling. Uh, but yeah, it's a dog right now. There's no no way fans are about about that. Uh, Jesse, uh, can you remind me again uh, or or put the link in here somewhere as to how people can find your Discord? Oh yeah, because I, I I lost the link. Well, uh, you know what I think I did. So I had someone reach you, out to me and they said, Jesse, I believe your link is expired. Oh, that too. And All right. So I think that the link me. I gave had a, I think I may have even put a limit on. Yeah, I usually I just look at I have a hundred person limit for each link, uh -huh. so that way it, we don't get like spammed with like a thousand fake accounts in there, and I have to delete them all one by one. Because um, our group, the one thing that we focus on, there's zero spam. There's zero anybody trying to um, sell you anything at all. It's strictly. Uh, traders from all aspects. We have 500 people in there and they are um, there to help and just basically just give the same kind of like, just like Benzie, you know, we're here to help people. You just want to talk. 
give your ideas and then get some advice off of maybe some other people's thought process and be like, you know what, maybe that'll work for me. I put the link in the private chat, by the way. Oh, darn. Didn't even see it. All right. No, thank good. you. All right. I'm, I'm dropping this link in the, uh, uh, in the chat, everyone. Before I do go, I know we're at the last yeah. one here. I want to talk one minute about some option. Um, just, just something that option tra- traders that are new may not understand. And I think I went over this a little bit with Aaron when he was taking some trades overnight and I was like, Hey, I would wait till the end of the day because of theta. And I was doing the math on the Delta, the theta and what kind of implied move you would need for the next morning when you wake up to have a profitable trade on that option. And I think a lot of people are buying options going, I, I think it's going to go here, or I think it's going to go there. You know, um, this is, I think, I think, I think, well, if you're thinking when you're trading, you're doing it wrong. You want to do the math and what, wor- what, what works is math. That's what algorithmic trading is doing. That's what the billionaires have. They have computers computing this information for them. And if you're smart enough or trade enough or been taught the right things, then you can do this math based off of that Delta and that theta. And, I, and I'm just going to do a quick thing. If you buy an option for a for a hundred dollars and you have three days to expiration and you buy it at 9 AM, if the stock stays the same and doesn't move at all, you're going to lose money at the end of the day based off of just the time. And if the stock moves up 50 cents and your theta is 50, then, then you still are going to lose. So you need the stock to move a point. So if your stock is, if your, your theta is 50 and your delta is a, 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 a 50, then you need it to move $2 for you to even have anything because the next day you're going to wake up and be negative without that with the move and you're losing two days now of theta. So if that's too confusing, hit me up in the discord. I will definitely help you guys out and tell you kind of understanding that. And then what I mean is that, that same hundred dollar contract, you could be literally doing the same bet, but buying it at the end of the day for 50 cents less. Right. Theta equals time. Theta equals time. T T is time. All right. Jesse Kaler, uh, elite trading, put the link to his discord in the chat. Jesse, have a great one. Talk to you again next week. See you guys. All right. We got to hop because the roadmap is live now. Before we go, though, I wanted to do a quick plug. Uh, Money Mitch made me aware of the fact that he is interviewing the CEO of Pubmatic, P-U-B-M, programmatic advertising company on his show today. That's at 4.45 p.m. Well, the show is at 4, 4.30 Interviews at 4.45 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, we got to wrap, though, because the roadmap is going live. That's our NFT show. Stay tuned for that. Smash that like button. How many likes do we have today, Aaron? Not enough. That's the answer. Not not enough. Here's your earnings calendar for tonight. Software names and focus, C3AI, Splunk, Box, Okta, um, and then a few randos like ChargePoint, Turtle Beach, and Victoria's Secret and American Eagle. But there's your calendar. That's our show. We're done. We'll be back. I'll be back for at the close at 3.30 Eastern time. That's a, that's a wrap. Smash the like with your elbow or your forehead. That, that, that works too. Or your nose. Or your nose. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, 
We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.